Welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Making Laps Podcast. I am your host, Brent Gleason. Alongside me, as usual, is my co-host and brother, Jesse Gleason. Good evening, everyone. And not with us on the line, because he's doing things far more important than us, is uh, not Phil Jakes. Where are you? And I'm so sorry. I think an alligator got him. Oh, sinkhole. It is Florida. This thick, strange darkness comes creeping up so haunting every time. And as I stared, I counted the webs from all the spiders catching things. And, and he's not here to tell us to shut it off, so we'll play it as long as we want. <laughs> I might play it next week, too, just because, you know what? F it. No, we have to keep it on point. We can't do the same one twice. Oh, your wife's home from her other family. Oh, she finally came home? Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Even though we are recording. <laughs> anyway, we typically start the episode off with personal updates. I have personal updates because... Hi. Oh, hello. Producers entered the studio. I'm home. Oh, good. I accidentally drove by our exit on the way home, too. <laughs> Something's going on in front of Lisbon McDonald's. Mommy. Fascinating. Do tell. Do tell. Why not tell everyone? Okay, okay. So we usually start off with personal updates. I'm clicking updates away, when, but uh, it's not giving a response. <laughs> I'm trying to click to find more. I'm trying to click to find out more. <laughs> it's time to stop. Okay. Oops, okay. So anyway, all right. So we usually start the episode off with personal updates, like I said three times. Uh, I have actual updates because I, if you can call it racing, I raced this past week at Thompson. Uh well, they I'd didn't more. give you the move over flag, so that's fine. No, that's okay. And uh, I I basically drove around swiftly and didn't do a heck of a lot. So anyway, I don't remember if I mentioned this on the show last week, but um, oh, shit. I don't know if I did or not because I think it was uh, Tuesday night that I found this. But anyway, um, we, we meaning I, I guess, because <laughs> I was the only one in my shop, I uh, got the car on the ground like the tuesday night before we raced and i hadn't had it off jack stands the whole time so i'm like okay well i haven't you know let's get it moving and rolling around put it on scales all this other stuff and i hear this creaking noise from under my car and i put it in my video over at youtube.com slash brent gleason by the way um so i put that in there and it's creaking and making this god-awful noise through the drive shaft and i'm like huh that sounds like a bad bushing. So I get under the car. I put the thing in the air. Uh, I bench pressed it. That's how I did it. Because apparently I got under it and then put it up. But I'm stupid. So I I pull the transmission out. You're so strong. <laughs> I should fight crime. That's it. I uh, I get the transmission out. I tear it out at like nine o'clock at night before we go racing. Pull the transmission apart, replace the tail housing on it because it had a bushing in it that was new, and I think it was it probably got hot, probably expanded and started grabbing on the drive shaft, so it would you know cause a lot of wear and other BS. So I changed that out, put it back in the car, got it on the ground, and it stopped. It didn't make any more creaking noises, and it yeah. seemed to be pretty good. 
So then I put it on scales, put it in the trailer, yada, yada. I got to the track. All right. Double feature night for us in the street sportsman, whatever the hell you call us. Street sportsman. Um, I don't remember the last time I'd actually raced a double feature, if ever. I don't, I'm trying to think about it. I'm like, I don't know if we've ever uh, ran a double few feature. few and far between. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as far as that's concerned, they I don't even remember when you don't did. usually do that. Uh, I'd have to say that it's at least been double digit years since I've run one. I don't even remember the last time you ran one. Like, no, a long time ago. At all. Yeah, it's very rare. Double features in one day. Uh, but that was us. So, and knowing my division, I knew that it wasn't going to be good. Usually, people typically can behave themselves for the first race and then try to make it through the second one. But no, you that's never going to happen in this division. No, that's actually usually the opposite. Yeah. It's yeah. completely the opposite. Usually, we wreck each other the first race. And then there's nobody left for the second race, right. and that one goes green. Because it's it's like any other battlefield, it's a war of attrition. Everything's a war of attrition. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so I go out, and I'm thinking, okay, got to see what if any of these changes worked. I made a ton of changes, let's be honest. I'm trying to get this thing to work, and ever since I quote-unquote fixed it, it hasn't worked. So I'm, Did I'm it like, get better? No, it actually got worse, even though... Then you didn't fix it. You ruined it even more. Well, the problem is, unless I quote-unquote fixed it, yeah, it was illegal. Yeah. And I didn't know about it at, at the time, because I thought I'd built the thing off of a jig that would have maintained all of that. The wheelbase, but, you mean? Yes. Yeah. But it didn't, because I didn't take into account tube size and bracket size for aftermarket parts are all garbage, so nothing lines up, etc. So... I had to fix it, quote unquote, to be yeah. legal. Yeah. And it seemed to move freer. Like I had more range of motion, but it didn't work because now it's, you know, the the alignment might not be right. Something screwed up. And I just cannot make the car work. Like it is just, I went back and I watched old races with the same car. I've never wrecked the car and I've always maintained it. And it's always been free. It always works well. Any change I make, it affects the car. It just it's so slow. You know, it's the exact opposite of what I used to have. It was a car that's just a complete boat anchor with zero grip at all. And I'm like, I wonder if it's the tires. And I changed tires for the second race. Nope. Same damn problem. Nope. You know, no difference. I'm like, okay, well, first race, I'm not going to, I don't know if I'm going to go through how my race went. I mean, we started towards the front and finished towards, you know, I think we finished sixth the first race. But if anybody saw it, uh, they saw me get really bad sideways off of turn one. I don't have any clue how I, <laughs> how I saved that car. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, I got to give my buddy Jeff some crap here because he's like, no, oh, no, I got pushed into you. And I looked at replays and I'm like, you didn't. <laughs> well, that's the second one because because the first, because a couple laps before, you got under him on the back straightaway mm -hmm. and he turned hard left down into you. And, and got you slide I thought he, he might have got tagged or just got sideways there, and I didn't give him room, but I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. I think he needs a lot more room now. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Poor Jeff. <laughs> no, that's all right. I mean, it happens. Dude. I was I was kind <laughs> of... On. I was kind of... Uh, it's not a bus, okay? <laughs> okay? <laughs> you, can, you can have some space, Jeff. Well, he's used to swatting crackheads <laughs> off in Providence, <laughs> so <laughs> he's... <laughs> 
Anyway, um, so yeah, besides that, I can't believe I actually saved that car. It was... Yeah, that was out of 45. I was, I was looking left, and there were cars coming at my door. I'm like, this is bad. Like, I thought I was going completely around. Somehow, when the, I got the thing full lock to the right, like it's bottomed out the steering box. There's nothing else. That's it. It finally caught. And I'm like, oh, dear, this is going to be bad turning it back. And so I'm swatting flies coming through turn one, and I get the thing righted. I only lost like two spots, and... You know, guys behind me are so impatient that you could literally be wrecking and they'll still be hitting you through the corner because they're idiots. Um, but we made it somehow. Um, kept it rolling. That was the best the car has been so far this year, and it still wasn't good, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, that's a very difficult thing to say. The car is the best it's been, and it's still a pile of crap, you know? Yeah, it that's, needs bite off. It needs yeah, something. I mean, I figure out how to get there, but yeah. I think that the answer lies in something that I just wasn't willing to admit, and it's just that everything that I did to fix it would probably be good in a stock vehicle, but in a race car, it probably doesn't work as well as it should. Mm-hmm. And aftermarket parts being what they are, they probably don't work properly. If the car rolls a specific way, it might bind up, and I can't see that because I can't make the car actuate by just jumping on it by myself and looking at the shock, you know, um, the, the uh, what are you, measuring travel, travel, um, what are you travel guys? Yeah, that's what they are on the shock. Yeah. I just call them zip ties cause that's really what I have. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't have anything fancy, but at least I can see, but I can't jump the car down far enough as it far, as far as it bumps under race conditions. So it's really hard for me to do it with, I'd have to take the springs out of the car and put like four jacks under it and move everything until it hits those shock things, and then it might be not be hitting them at the same you know spot as the other one. So it's really hard to like hash it out. So I'm just gonna bite the bullet and just take all the aftermarket stuff out and just go back to stock. You know, just to hell with it. We'll we'll try something else. You know, we'll go back to what we used to have, and that's all I can really do at this point because if nothing else works, then it's Either me or something is else is completely screwed up and broken that I don't know about because I've never wrecked this car. You know, it's straight as far as it can be, I guess, from the jig. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what to do. So I'm kind of lost out there. I'm really uh, – I got one race left to try to fix it before next year or else I'm going to start next year struggling too. So it's not not a rosy outlook at this point. So I'm trying to – Hmm. Trying to stay positive that maybe we can figure it out, you know. I mean, we were better, but still crap. That should be the next, <laughs> the name of this episode. Better, but still terrible. Because I don't think Apple iTunes would take crap. Uh, so, yeah, first race, I mean, once we stopped, we'll go into the details of each race, and I'll, you know, break it down from my point of view later. But um, once we got through with cautions and stuff, and guys spinning each other out and wrecking for no obvious reason and crashing the leader and guys turning across my nose on the backstretch and hooking themselves and then being mad at me because they drove into me. And it's just, it's just a ridiculous thing, you know? Second race was nowhere near as bad. Um, had a few cautions here and there for just like random spins, but it pretty much, it strung out a lot better and we got, we got through it a little quicker um quick tip that i figured out um 
I was not tired at all at the end of the night. I was great. I was good to go. Uh, I bought a 33-ounce bottle of Pedialyte or whatever they come in. And it tastes like salty strawberries, but I'll tell you what, that's, <laughs> that stuff worked like a charm. Oh, very good. Yeah, it worked great. Gatorade is garbage compared to that. I'm like, wow, this worked great. I had a headache at the end of the first race. Started chugging that bottle of Pedialyte. By the end of it, headache was gone. I was good. Not bad. Yeah. Must be must be something with the potassium. It's I don't know. It's good enough for kids. It's good enough for your hangover. It's good enough for you know liquid oxygen driving race cars. There hey. You go. So yeah, second race was much cleaner. Uh, if you watched it on uh, Racing Scam America, then uh, best of luck to you. But um, they did have a couple replays, I think, didn't they? Or did they just replay it with the same sound over it? I can't remember. Uh, I, I'm not exactly sure. I, I don't know if they had replays. I can't on. remember either, honestly. I thought they may have had a replay or two. Might have had a replay when Chicolas got hooked into the front. But I mean, wall, honestly, but... I've watched a couple of races on Racing America that weekend, and that was by far the best production. Yeah, probably as far as the production is concerned. Probably the camera work was fine. Probably because Connor was on camera. Yeah, the, no, there's nothing wrong with the camera work. No, the camera work was great. Yeah, no, it, it has to do with like capturing replays, action, yeah. uh, a digital rundown as far as where everyone is running on the racetrack, how mm-hmm. many laps are left. Yeah, you don't want to have to pause the video and look at the scoreboard, try to unblur that. No, the scoreboard <laughs> was pretty good from what I remember. No, I meant like the ticker. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what, I mean. that's what I mean. At Thompson, it was. Yeah. It was the only one on there, you know? Yeah, but it was pretty good from what I could tell. I guess they didn't screw that up too bad, so. No, it was the only one that had it, you know? Yeah. From, um, yeah, from Vermont to Indiana, they, they, none of them have tickers. <laughs> that's it. Um, so, anyway, I like I said, the first race, you saw uh, Chicolas get hooked by... 36. I thought there might have been contact from somebody else, but I didn't see it on the race no, I didn't know broadcast, if, so I said, oh, That geez. looks weird. I'm like, I don't know if Scott either missed the nose by that much or he, or did he think that he, I didn't know if he owed Jason one or what. I don't think they would because I thought they were kind of you uh, know, pit buddies and yeah, kind of I mean, together. Yeah, so I, don't I don't know if Jason doing anything to Scott, so I'm like, what the hell was that all about? Well, on the backstretch right before that, I think Scott like Kind of just drove into my lane while I was still there, and like he started to hook himself across my nose, and I had to get out of it or else I was going to wreck both of us, you know. And he went fishtailing off into turn three when the yellow came out, and he came over to me and gave me the what the fuck hands, and I'm like, bro, you drove into me, <laughs> I'm like yeah. I'm out here against the wall, I'm not turning down into you. You drove, you drifted up into me, like not clear. If you're not clear, I gave him the two inch sign. Yeah. You know, like the fingers, like you're pinching something. I'm like, dude, you weren't clear by this much. <laughs> yeah. I was still there. I, uh, you know, As a matter of fact, he owes you an apology. I didn't have to hit <laughs> the brakes. I could have just hooked him off into turn three, but I'm not going to do that. That's just stupid, you know. But I will make sure you are uh, swatting flies going into three if you drift into my lane when I'm still there. You know, afford me a little bit of respect. I am still there. I might not be as good as I used to be, and I could be good again, but, you know, I'm still outside. So I know it's hard to see, but if you don't know, then don't go because uh, you don't want to get wrecked. So anyway, um, even inadvertently, it wouldn't be good. Maybe you can't see it with that new late model body on there. Probably not. Yeah. I'm betting that's a problem. Um, <clears throat> so second race, I can't remember much other than the car was a lot more loose because we went out before. And then after the 75-lap, 
tour type modified race, even though there was like nine of them. But uh, <laughs> sorry, I shouldn't have brought that up. But yeah, it's uh, it's still put rubber down the way I didn't like it. So well, they still have nine of them all over the track for semi final laps with garbage yeah. tires. Yeah, and there's yeah they're still laying rubber down. I guess so. It's not so good. But we yeah, car was loose. It was it was snapping the ass in in, in sorry in on entry and snapping it loose off. If I drove it in differently, it was okay in and through center and then just snappy off and no drive. It's just like, okay, I've tried it locked. I tried it unlocked. I tried it with different springs. I tried it with wedge. I tried with this and I tried with that. I tried different freaking mounts. I tried all this stuff. I just can't get it to work. So you know what? <laughs> See you later. I'll just take it and throw it away and uh, start over. So yeah, we're at that point right now. I think I'm still even top five in points. I don't even know how, but whatever. I haven't looked at points all year. I haven't finished uh, high up enough to really care about points. Like, you know, top five. I think I got one. What was it? First race of the year I finished somewhere in the top five? Fourth, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. But we stink, so. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care about points. I don't care. Points are irrelevant at this point. So anyway. After, yeah, what is it, 20 minutes? Nope, 15 minutes of me whining about how bad we are. Why don't we go into the second segment of the show? Why don't we talk to... Oh, Phil's not here. Oh, yeah, we should have asked Phil for what he's doing, but he's busy. So, (laughs) he's busy not being on the show. Uh, Anyway, why don't we go into the second segment of the week, which is the uh, much-anticipated second segment of this show, at least. Go into the DARF comment of the week. There it is. I don't know why. But that's all right. Because people will wait for the DARF comment of the week. Perfect. This week, I picked one that I saw right after our last episode aired. Because I want to share a theme. Race fans being the worst fans in sports. And I think we've been beating that horse to death in this show lately quite a bit. All right, last week we gave away a whole slew of awards to all the people hating on Bubba Wallace for his win. And we also said that racing fans will find anything to bitch about. Because if it's not one thing, it's the next. They will always find something to take arms over. And this is no different. This comment stems from a tweet from Bob Pachris as he reported that the Jeremy Clements appeal for his alleged engine infraction after his upset Daytona win, was overturned, and he was awarded the win without any penalty, which is good for him. And that, no fine, no points lost, back in the playoffs, no issues for him whatsoever. Okay? Yeah. You can see where this is going. (sighs) (laughs) The appeals board found that they had actually committed no rules infraction and that the part in question was not a significant performance advantage or any at all. However, as racing fans are the worst fans in all sports, that didn't stop the onslaught of ignorance from wafting over the sport like a smelly dark cloud of noxious gas. (laughs) It is smelly. Any, I was waiting for a fart noise or something to come up. I don't think we have I'd that. I'd have to make one. I don't, I don't think have. we even... We're not even that lowbrow that we have fart noises on our board. Let's be honest. No. 
<laughs> just a yeah, just a giant stench of ignorance. Yeah, it's just the wafting stench, over. The stench of ignorance. All right, so make I, with the stench of I, ignorance. I was going to blanket cover this one to everyone who made this response, but chose to single someone out instead. So here goes. Bob Packers' tweet. Jeremy Clements has won his appeal. His Daytona win will now count towards the playoffs, and he has all his points back, and the fines have been rescinded. Here we go. This Twitter user, Rob, that's it, at Rob Elliott 6, Elliot like Chase Elliott, replies to Bob Pockers and says, Wow, cheaters get rewarded. Pathetic. Y'all take a good look at this lump of shit. Hey, Brent, remember when we said that? <laughs> remember when we said, uh, uh, you know, hey, you know, uh, don't cheat? Yeah. Whatever, guess what? Average farm remembers. Yeah. <laughs> we were wrong. We were pretty wrong. Phil was wrong, so we are 20% wrong each <laughs> by association. <laughs> so The 20% clause. We extend our apologies to Jeremy Clemens because we were wrong. <laughs> All right, so I don't really have anything to say. I mean, honestly... But we live in an era where all of the information that we have acquired as human beings, as a singular biological race, can be accessed through little more than a device you carry in your pocket. And people like this guy can't be bothered to educate himself of the topic before commenting on it. He won on appeal. Reading comprehension, that's appeal. Uh, We need more people like Cousin Eric that will at least... Call people, and out. call people out on the fact that 54% of Americans are <laughs> illiterate and only have <laughs> reading comprehension up to a sixth grade level. So thank you, cousin. Yes, at least somebody's out spreading the awareness that 54% of Americans have the sixth grade leading, reading level. Uh, okay. <laughs> he won on an appeal. <laughs> that means... <laughs> that means he didn't do anything wrong. You Judged, can. sentenced... Overturned. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> okay. That means, literally now, means not cheating. This guy, a God. single push of his sweaty, booger-laden finger would uh. have granted him the information necessary to form a basic yet well-thought-out response, but no. All of human evolution up to this point was wiped away as you secreted your moronic, almost amoebic ooze Unto the public for us to have to wipe away as to not infect us all with your personal stupidity. I one day dream of a world when people embrace intelligence with the same vigor and enthusiasm they display when they spout idiotic, uninformed rhetoric every time they open an app on their phone and expose us all to their chosen disease by simply speaking their mind. Yet... I fear that I may never see that day in my lifetime. So as a small consolation prize, I award you, Rob Elliott, uh, Rob Elliott at Rob Elliott 6, with this week's DARF comment of the week. May the world learn by your example by using it as a warning to others. And may it... <laughs> Keep going. Oh, okay. And not as an example of how to act... And may God have mercy on your soul. That was some elegant prose right there. <laughs> <laughs> Very elegant prose. Excellent. 
I feel the best way to shame someone is to actually use my intellect instead of, like, you're dumb, huh? Give just, him, like, throw poo at him. Okay. Give him a Shakespearean, <laughs> you know, ass whooping. Thou shalt go fuck himself. Yes. <laughs> Thou shalt fuck thyself. With the st- I think I said that to someone on the Darf comment Probably. of the week. I said, you can go screw yourself as far as it'll fit in or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Same to you, Rob Elliott. And everyone who thinks like you. Okay. Whew, man. I'm decompress. Gonna... Have a cleansing breath and decompress that. Yeah. I'm... So, Woo. Yeah. One on an appeal, still cheated. You got to be kidding me, dude. <laughs> Cheater got, he got rewarded. What a moron. <laughs> Read. Read an article, for God's sakes. It's available. I found everything by just clicking a link on a Twitter uh, like the same thing that you found, I found it, and I was able to get the information, you utter clod. All right. Move on to some uh, news before we go into local stuff. Because without Phil here, it'll probably be a quicker show. No, not really. It not exactly be. a better I, show. Well, I think the last time he was not here, we shaved about 20 minutes off of it, so I don't know. But that's no fun. It's way less fun. Right. It's so. more fun with three people. I should have called Doug, but I didn't want to drop it on him ten minutes before we went to air. <sighs> Why does he want me to sing to him again? <laughs> All the time. Okay. Um, okay, so we did miss this as well. We were wrong. Uh, RCR and Kyle Bush did confirm their deal and also announced that Tyler Reddick will be there next year <laughs> with a charter, surprising us all. Hey, Brent. Yeah. Remember when I said that he was going to drive the 45 car next year? Remember when I said that, too? Do you remember? Yeah, remember, remember that? Remember that? Hepbridge Farm remembers. Yeah. <laughs> you know who was right, though? Uh, uh, Phil actually mentioned that. that he mentioned he that gonna, it was a rumor, yeah. That he was going to. So, Phil. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Phil was right. right, right. Yeah, is that, he was right. Is that who the hell is? Damn it, I can't remember the damn name now. Oh, social distortion. That's it. Thank you. Yeah, it was on. The, I just could not remember that for the life of me. Social distortion. They were yeah. good back in 1990. Uh, all right. Yeah. So <laughs> outstanding. Uh, we didn't really expect them to drop this big of an investment on the team. But with a second and third generation of family members who have expressed interest in ownership of RCR, uh, we should have considered that and the investments in the future of the company before we thought about, you know, where Kyle Busch was going based on his, well, past situation now, at least. Oh, yeah. Well, hindsight being what it is, Richard Childress needed a home run and he got it after yep. his. Devastating mistake. <laughs> not picking up his option. Just picking up the option. Oh, oh snap, I've gone f- full Harvick again. Yeah, they uh, didn't have a great Oops. Bristol either because both the RCR cars fell out of the points. Did you show? Did, they, did you see that meme? I sh- you saw that meme I saw. Uh, did you send it to me? I did send it to you. Uh, yeah. Facebook, Messenger, Twitter. Oh, yeah, I think I remember what it was, but I got to remember. Oh, I gotta it was it the past, up. the future, and the present of RCR got all oh. got wrecked. Yeah, that are out of the playoffs. The playoff gods wanted RCR out of the playoffs so bad it removed every trace, future, past, and present. <laughs> yes, because it's got Kyle. What Kyle Busch wasn't eliminated, was he? Yeah, he's eliminated. He's gone. Oh, okay. So it was Harvick and uh, Dylan and 
uh, Babyface and KFB. Yeah, Reddick and yeah, that's it. And uh, we're really uh, good at this. Pouty Bush, Pouty Burns, Pouty Burns. I think we had an episode named that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, we should have seen that coming a little bit, a little more in depth. I didn't think they were going to be a front runner, but I also didn't know that Austin Dillon was actually working behind the scenes. You know trying to be more involved in the company and the ownership of the company because I know that he'll eventually work his way into that at some point. But I didn't know he was already working that now instead of focusing on driving. But, hey, I guess I didn't think much of him. So I guess he orchestrated the move and they got the ball rolling early. So did not expect it, but uh, heck of a power play move. But I know some some people said that it's a great idea to put somebody like him in the car because you can figure out if it's a problem with the car or if it's a problem with drivers. So or team or whatever. So yeah, team is car basically, but that's uh, interesting. So yeah, there's a lot of silly season stuff coming up still. And uh, I heard uh, Kyle Larson got assigned to like 2026 with a long-term deal. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Something and like I that. think Hendrick cars is going to stay on as the sponsor. Until you get somebody else paying the bills, but it's more money. Hendrick yeah. cars is its own entity at this point, right? Um, I mean, I you know. diversify your businesses and I mean, it's like Penske has Penske trucking. I mean, he know, can write that off, leasing. you know, Basically, yeah. because, you know. Hey, you know, whatever. So You have to diversify your portfolio. So uh, we'll probably go into more silly season crap as the local season wears down and we wear our season down. Uh, let's see. Why don't we go to, since there's still local stuff going on, we can go talk about Thompson because Stafford did not race this week, but Thompson did. And uh, it didn't look like it because nobody from Stafford showed up at Thompson on Wednesday. <sighs> Except for street stock guys, but they, you know, support everything because they're the best. No, no street stocks had the <laughs> had double more than any division. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at, can I, uh, you know what, I'll go into it when we get, when we talk about the race because then it'll be topical, but I wanted to talk about the open modified, so remind me of that. All right, so why don't we go into some... Rundowns here. Thompson Wednesday, two limited sportsman events, an SK light race, a late model race, a mini stock race. No SKs, but they had open modifieds, and that was about it. So let's see here. Where am I at? I got to find my notes. Right. Limited sportsman. We started the night off. First feature, last feature. We bookended it, obviously. All right, buddy Jeff Van Pelt there. He led the field to green over John Porter. Early caution, two laps in, kept the field tight. Uh, yellow only three laps. Your car in. looked good for the first two laps. Yeah, until the uh, when the tires warmed up, it was tar- uh, garbage, awful. So we got to figure it out. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I was gonna say it's, it can't be air pressure because I took that basically out. So <laughs> it's not building too much because there ain't none in there. But no, I'm, I'm just kidding. I don't know what it is. Anyway, I'm running the same stuff we were last year. Now we've got a different problem. So anyway. Caution on two laps in, then another caution three laps in for a spin. Uh, restart saw me get bad sideways off the bumper of Van Pelt and lose a couple spots up in turn one. We talked about that earlier. I think that's the most gone a car has been on me, and I've brought it back. Did it, it feel was, like you got hit by a bus? Yes. <laughs> right in the left rear. I got uh, like a, a big, like a big ripped-a bus full of like crackheads. <laughs> We're gonna give we gotta <laughs> bust his balls about the bus thing. We can't not bust his balls about this. 
A big orange, <laughs> a big orange bus is running. I think it's over. probably a big white and blue one. What is RIPTA? The Rhode Island Public Transport Authority. No, but it's a black and orange bus hit Brent. <laughs> oh yeah, the pumpkin mobile got me. <laughs> anyway, he's never gonna speak to me again. All right. Uh, yeah, I don't know how the hell I saved that. I know um, a few people came up to me and was like, "How the hell did you save that?" I said, "I don't know. I pawed at it a hell of a lot, and it went back the right way." Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just really good. <laughs> Maybe my car just isn't, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, that that all boils down to my failures as well. So uh, let's see. Four laps in, we had a third yellow for another spin. So three yellows in four laps. Brilliant. First feature of the night. We're doing really good here. Jason Jacolis would clear for the lead, bringing Scott Sundin with him early on. Both of them taken off from the field. All the battles were behind them until a caution flew with four laps to go because we had a decent green flag section there. Uh, ensuing restart was chaos as an incident between the leaders sent Jason Tacolis into the outside wall, and luckily it, most everyone missed him. Zach Robinson kind of made some contact, but he kept going. More on him later in this race. Uh, I personally didn't see much other than smoke. I was behind it coming off a of three. I had my eyes up like usual. And I saw the leader disappear to the right. And I said, this is going to be bad. And I kind of lifted out of it and drove it all the way left as far as I could to try to gain as much separation as possible. And luckily, everybody kind of stayed in their place and just kind of freight trained by without any real incident. So nice job avoiding by everybody. Uh, let's see here. They put uh, Sundin to the back, I believe, and Chicola's retired from the event for damage. I believe he knocked the radiator out of it. Uh starter um what's his name brian callen i think mm -hmm. i think he was on the starter stand with uh bobby boucher or bobby what's his name is it boucher bobby that's the water boy oh that's the water boy <laughs> bobby what's his name you know the guy in the pits does some flagging for the nemas no i don't remember names i'm sorry i thought it was bobby boucher but i guess you're right it is the water boy <laughs> i don't know bobby let's just call him that um i think uh don't. Brian got hit by a piece of debris in that wreck. He got hit in the arm. Yeah, he uh, had a stinger, but he stayed in the in the stand, so that was cool. He stuck with it. Um, luckily, he wasn't too too badly off. But uh, I'm getting texts, and I forgot to shut my phone off. Dummy. All right, I gotta go back here. Okay, Corey Fanning and Zach Robinson would control the race. Uh, Robinson was involved, but he didn't stop, so they didn't put him to the back. Remember how that works. I'm still bitter about it. Um, what, what was that? The, the, what's that? Oh, oh, never mind. That's okay. <laughs> no, I was just. Bridge Farm remembers. I was just making light of when I was involved in an incident and kept going. Yeah, I got put to the back. Yeah, and uh, Robinson basically ran over top of the seven car and wasn't put to the back, but he kept going like I did, and we have different race control, so that'll tell you something. Thank God. Yep. Corey Fanning and Robinson would control the race. Robinson would take command of the race as Fanning kind of uh, backslid. Robinson's lead grew comfortable in the last three laps, and he won his second race in a row, I'm pretty sure. I'm yeah, thinking, two in a row. I think he won the last one as well. Last time I actually went two in a row was uh, 2017. I think you went two in a row in 2012 to finish the year. Yeah. That's tough to do. Two in a row is tough. I thought I did three in a row. No, you won the last point race, I think. Just two in a row. Missed and then it, you and won then the World Series. Yeah. yeah, I think so, yeah. 
Um, you might have done two and two. I'm not sure, but yeah. Anyway, all right. SK Lights. Nobody got thrown out of this race, by the way, because we've had a streak of people getting chucked from uh, feature finishes because of tech lately this year, which is cool. So I like seeing good tech. Let's let you know. Let's keep the playing field level. Let's keep them clean. Yeah, keep it clean. Yeah. All right. Corey Caddick, Steve Kennaway led the field of SK Lights to the green. Uh, Stephen Chapman was passing cars with relative ease in a division where, let's be fair, passing is pretty difficult. Mark Bakai then got into the back of Kennaway, sending him into a lazy spinoff turn, I think four with uh, only five laps in. Bakai was sent to the rear for contact. Caddick controlled the restart as Megan Fuller put herself on the podium. Chapman would put Caddick into the swamp off of turn two and take the lead with 13 to go. Uh, he definitely got the flag waved at him. <laughs> Caddick rebounded to get back to third at halfway. Yellow with nine to go for a spin, just as Fuller started to challenge Chapman for the lead. Uh, inside was not the place to be, though, on restarts, and Chapman kept the lead as Fuller dropped a couple spots. Chapman ran out to a comfortable lead. Johnny O'Sullivan, however, made some fender car levels of contact with Fuller, and it appears as though he suffered a... Mechanical issue in the next turn, and the yellow flew with two to go. You like how I quantified that? Yeah, yeah, fender level. That was polite. Fender, fender car levels of contact. <laughs> was, some say fender level car. Some say he sent it in there until he saw Jesus. Mm. <laughs> right. There you go. So anyway, Chapman will uh, hold on on the next restart and uh, continue lead and take down the win. So he was pretty strong. It was actually nice to see somebody able to pass in that division for once. Um, yeah, you, they have too much corner speed. I think we figured it out because that's oh, what, yeah. you know, uh, uh, yeah. I was going to say the cup drivers, they, they complain about the car in the short tracks. Like Dan Hanlon is saying his car's got way too much corner speed. Yeah. And uh, Kevin Harvick echoed the same thing this week yeah, at Bristol. Yeah. Too much corner speed. Well, SK Lights, too much corner speed. Yeah. For what they are, they can't outpower the tires. Yeah, and it's like you can't you can't make passes without power and the ability to make a mistake. So that at least that's what my, that's what I think. But anyway, all of that was kind of for naught if you watched the late model race because this was a show. This Bro- was a show. They only had uh, what nine, ten cars or two. That's not, yeah, it stinks. I hate the fact that Thompson doesn't get car counts because it's such a great place to race. I hate the fact that they have to run on a weeknight. Yeah, they, they're kind of handcuffed with that. I mean, they have no choice. It sucks. The track doesn't give the promoters what they need to succeed, really. Yeah, this was a, this was quite the show. Oh, it was. Uh, Brian Tagg and Matt Lewinsky-Lowe led the field to green. They would battle for the few, uh, first few laps side-by-side side until contact from uh, Derek Gluchaki to Tagg's left rear, crossed him up, sent them both backwards. You know that unhelpful bump when somebody thinks that they're helping, but they're just hitting you in the corner because they're stupid? Oh, yeah, right in the center, right before you get on the throttle. And you yeah, get so you're loose. sideways and you can't get to the throttle? Yeah. That was what he did. Yeah. Yeah, that That's... was what uh, Corey Fanning did to me all night. I'm like, uh, not helping. Yeah, actually making you, go fa- making you go backwards. Yeah, so now it's like, yeah, you're just slowing yourself down instead of going around me. Yeah. I mean, I have my own. I got my own problems going on here, all right? Yeah. <laughs> A lot of guys do that, though, but it's just stupid. Don't do that. Where's the button? Oh, did I say that? There's the button. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. All right, so where were we here? Um, backwards as in not like spun out backwards, but that's what they were. They were, Head heading, they were heading the wrong direction. 
Morgan would get by Lewinsky low for the lead and get away until uh, Blue <laughs> Gluchaki, Bukaki, whatever his name is. Just do what BFP calls him Bukaki too. So far. Oh, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Would catch up and pressure yeah. for the lead la- uh, for like lap after lap. They were battling, making runs to the bottom, making contact a few times, and then eventually Gluchaki would take the lead. But as Ryan Morgan is no slouch to making contact, and he doesn't shy away from it. He made the same moves and retook the lead momentarily. Yes, I mean, you, you thought I thought that uh, once Bukaki got into the lead, it'd be all over. But no, the you know, uh, Ryan Morgan rebounded and said, "Hey, hold on, hold my beer, because I could do the same thing too." Yeah, he's <laughs> so, you know, uh, he ain't no Daisy. So, I um, mean, it's kind of tough because this division it had a lot of passing for. Usually, this division and the SK lights, you need like two to three tenths on the guy in front of you in order to pass. Or else, you have to put him over into Woonsocket, you know? Or, or the st- Swamp or wherever the hell you yeah, are. the Swamp. Yeah. Taunton. <laughs> the little T. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're an SK driver, you put him into uh, Provincetown or something. No, <laughs> so all, the, the, all, all the way, way out. <laughs> all the way out to the Cape. <laughs> all it. the way out. So... Yeah, these guys are beating the hell out of each other, swapping the lead. Uh, contact by Bukaki sent him up again, and then he grabbed the lead back. Uh, Morgan would wrestle it back away again with four to go as Lewinsky Lowe made it a three-way battle, and uh, he would eventually hold off a last corner charge to hang on for the win. So Ryan Morgan would pick up that win over Derek Bukaki. And it seemed like... Uh yeah, Bukaki wasn't very happy about that in post race interview. He said he had to bite his tongue over that, and I think he probably made some bad gestures. He made some gestures to Ryan Morgan on the back straightaway, and and then the funny thing about it, Morgan did a donut right in front of his face. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's like he just blew his cigarette smoke right. So <laughs> let me be honest, Gluchaki has no feet to stand on there. Yeah. He was uh, the one who made contact first. You broke the non-aggression principle. Yeah. Once you do that, yeah, you, you kind of have to expect it back. You're going to get it back. If, you can't, any, if, if they ain't no Daisy, you're getting it back. You can't forget that you did it two laps ago. You yeah. got to kind of have some racecraft and remember. Remember what you've done. So. How do you not remember that you did it to somebody else? It's. I really hate the mentality of, I can do it, but you can't. No. Okay. No, I don't like that. No. No. You can absolutely do that. That is fair game. You Again, Jesse, you break the non-aggression principle. Yeah. It'll come back to you. Yeah, once it happens, there's no turning back. You can't put the poo back into the butthole. I was going to say toothpaste back in the tube, but I mean. <laughs> I went full send there. I need another beer. Can same basic principle. Uh, if you want to, go ahead. we don't have Phil here. Yeah, why not? Screw him. All right, beers have been acquired. Jesse forgot to bring his cooler into the studio again. Well, not again, but this week. It would have been a lot more convenient. I used to have a mini fridge in here, but then I got rid of it for room, and I got it, the space kind of taken over by other garbage. So anyway. It's a, po- it's a vacuum. It's a power vacuum. Yeah. It's like having any flat surface. If you ever put a table out in your house, like, you know, I got a folding table, like a TV dinner table or something. If you ever just put that out in your house, eventually yeah. it'll get filled up with stuff. Yeah, there's a pool no table. For no obvious reason. It's like, what is this? How yeah. did this happen? I have a, I have a pool table I haven't played pool on in, in like two years because they have shit on it. Correct. Yeah. All right, where were we? Mini stocks, I think. Mini stocks, 10 cars. Oh, damn it. I really would like to poll drivers and see why they can't make it to Thompson. And I know a lot of them will say work, but I have to work. I make it. You know what I have? I have this thing called 
leave. <laughs> so I just take a day off and I go to the track. Like I'm not the most sophisticated person in the world, but we all should work for the government. <laughs> I just take most places. If you if you can afford a race car, you probably work in a place that offers paid leave. I get paid leave. Racing but it's is not very enough. hard. To, yeah, racing is very difficult to afford. And if you own your own business, what the hell are you waiting for? Get the hell, you you're the boss. Leave. Go racing. Anyway, I'm probably talking out of my ass here. But um, anyway, mini stocks. As we do. Steve Mahalski led the... It's Steve, right? In the 44? Yes. I'm sorry. I was trapped in like 20 years ago when there was like five of them. So, so. All right. Steve Mahalski led the field to green with uh, Jared Roy in tow. Jay Roy. Uh, Roy would challenge until Kevin Moore made it a three-way battle for only three laps in. Uh, Dave Trudeau would spin it. There was Dave in that car, right? I, there was a couple Trudeau cars. So I think Dave Jr. was in one. He was in the nine, I think. I think they duct taped over the seven. So I think it was Dave's. Or the other way around, seven. I think it was, no, I think it was the 97. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure I saw him come by me when I was working on my car for the second race. Mm -hmm. And there was no one in his pit and no one running to help him. I'm like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. Where are they? I'm glad that they gave enough courtesy laps, especially uh, for such a small field. Mm-hmm. We have a, Thompson is a little and, and Waterford is a little different where they're allowed to exit the pit, exit the racing surface in order. It's like to go Seacon. Work on Seacon, you can dive off turn four, right? And then Stafford come back in turn three. Doesn't do that. No, they for really all divisions. They really can't either because those pits are really tight. Yeah, people would get run over they very easily. The, they got the car counts. They got the car counts as well. So yeah, they just make the rules the way they are, and you got to just live by it. Yep. And once you know the rules, you either play by them or don't. So that's fine. I ra- yeah, when I, like I, when I raced, that. I do like it. But when I raced at Stafford, I knew that if I got a flat, I'm pretty much done for the night, which stinks, admittedly. But that's the that's the way they set it up, and that's what you agreed to when you set foot on the racetrack. There you so. go. You sign the waiver. That's it. So yeah, so I'm glad to see it at least. But if, Dave, we, if they can do it, I like to see guys like Waterford, especially Thompson with the low car counts, do it. So yeah, they still did it. They did. They were pretty um, diligent about it too. They did uh, three laps, courtesy laps, which at Thompson's quite a long time. I understand, but you know it it helps guys get back out. And we didn't have that late of a night. We were done by like nine thirty. Oh yeah. So yeah, the show always goes quick at Thompson. Yeah, they run a tight ship. Um, again, Dave made it back out. Uh, let's see. Mahalski would maintain the lead until about two laps to go when Kevin Moore all but walked by him and just stretched it out in like two laps to like a half a straightaway. Yeah, something happened. He got sideways coming off the train. I don't know if he hit oil for tires were going away on him on the Mahalski car. Might have, might have even had a leak or something. Who knows? But uh, had that happen. That 82 car is uh, hawked up. It's special. <laughs> it's, it's untouchable. That thing's a rocket ship. It's. Uh, the only the division's only hope is if he goes in a wall firewall deep. <laughs> that thing look that thing reminds me. Uh, of, we don't condone that. I don't oh, want that to happen. No, but, no, we're not saying that should happen. We're just saying that's their yeah, only hope that's the of only beating way. him at this point. You know, unless you do your homework. Don't do it, obviously. I, yeah, don't do it. Obviously, that's stupid. But yeah. um, yeah, I mean that car reminds me of uh, Danny Field. Yeah, because Danny, anytime he stepped foot on the track, that car was pristine. There wasn't a dent on it, and he didn't need to because the thing was so goddamn fast he could just drive around anybody he wanted to. Yeah, I wish my car was that fast. I think I finished second to him one night, but uh, that was it. My mini career was 
atrocious. I'm so glad I got out of it when I could. Anyway, 75 lap open modified race. All right, this is what I wanted to talk about. Devin O'Connell led the field of nine ugh, to the green. Yeah. Apparently, 5000 bucks for a tour-type race is not enough now. I'm guessing because nobody showed up. Do you think it's a Wednesday night thing, or do you think it's uh, the 5000 bucks for a 75-lap race when Stafford is how much for 80-lap race? A lot more? I mean, you could still get some. It, it never used to be. A, a big deal and five grand still isn't that really that bad in the long and short of it i mean if it's 10 grand everyone's still losing money anyway well so yeah who, so who cares you know but i think it's a wednesday night thing i really do it could very well be it- although even though it had low car counts it wasn't a bad race so sometimes no, not really i mean the racing overall at thompson was really good Car counts sometimes can be overrated as far as the quality of a show is concerned. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So there's a lot of passing in this race. <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking up Stafford's uh, penalty notices just because it was in my mind, and this is not from this past week. So, And there wasn't really anything, so moving on. No, there's a, it was mostly a, a three-, four-way run there between you had uh, 25 of Ronnie Williams and 7 New York of Mike Christopher Jr., the the B seventeen of Tommy Barrett, yeah, although, not Corey LaJoy. Although sometimes, yeah, <laughs> Corey not LaJoy was thought to Corey be in the LaJoy. car by Kyle Souza, but the poor guy couldn't remember for his life. <laughs> it just messed him up. First impressions are mofo, and uh, the forty of Ryan Priest. Yeah, let's see. Uh, Barrett took took the lead early, like he said. Everyone set into tire save mode. Minor shuffling would go on as uh, guys position themselves, trying to mitigate any track position loss if their save strategy didn't work out. Ronnie Williams took the lead fairly early on as well, but the uh, green flag run continued, about 56 to go, and Ryan Priest would come from the back, quote-unquote, uh, to, t- <laughs> to take the lead. Well, yeah, and then they would just swap the lead all the yeah. time. Two laps later, there was a caution for a spin in three, good. and... Priest held on for a couple laps, and Williams made a run into three. Priest kind of let him have it. He's not going to fight him like that, that that early on. It was kind of a, more like a dog fight. You know? Yeah, they would swap it another couple times. Somebody um, would get the upper position. Somebody would you know get the lower position, and, yeah, and they again, would swap just, position. It just <clears throat> yeah, they just believe fire pilots call it the rolling scissors. Yeah, like yeah. people just positioning themselves and trying to get whatever they could get and still not push the car too bad. Yep. It was like the ballet. Yeah. Uh, Let's see here. They would swap positions around, like I said. Long green flag runs were standard procedure. Uh, 25 to go. Pre-started his push to the front. Took the lead about 20 to go, and he would go completely unchallenged. (laughs) Uh, It looked like he had, like, another 50 horsepower. Swear to God. He came off a turn two, and he was in third. Mm-hmm. And he goes underneath the seven New York by him and says, I'm not stopping here. I'm going to you know, put the afterburner on and keep on trucking past the 25. Those two cars are not slouches. Mm-hmm. And they were near, they're not second rate cars as far, especially as far as a horsepower department. But that thing was, it went by so fast. It was scary. Yeah. He just I, I, absolutely I was, flamed him. I, I, I just like, this thing isn't even in the same world yeah it's not even in the same league at this point that thing was hauling but you know barrett was still you know he was he was not like he would he still lost the lead every now and then too yeah yeah because i think he would just kind of 
see what he had, and then if somebody challenged him, he would just let him go so he wouldn't burn it up. Just really not fight. You know what I mean? If he had a run, he took it, yeah. and if he didn't, he let it go. So I think he just saved really, really well. So Yeah, you know, rocket boosters aren't cheap. So <laughs> Especially like that. Anyway, so he'd pick up the win. Yeah. I mean, it's not like people didn't show up. I mean, come on, Priest came out for this one and a bunch of other top-named wow. guys, but like a lot of guys didn't because apparently it's not, again, 5000 bucks on a Wednesday night just ain't worth it for a lot of people. That brings us to the final race of the night at Thompson. It was the second limited sportsman event. Uh, Al Stone III, Randy Waterman Jr. would uh, turn, led the field into turn one, but that was as far as they got because a four-car incident put the race under yellow before the race even really began. Luckily, I wasn't in it. It was further behind us. I think I started like fourth or fifth or something. I can't remember, but it didn't matter because everywhere I started, I always finished behind my where I start now, which is the exact opposite of what I used to do. Super frustrating. Anyway, Stone would uh, retake the lead on the restart as uh, Waterman Jr. faded back. Previous race winner Zach Robinson was making storming progress forward, breaking into the podium within the first few laps. Four laps in, and uh, Ryan Waterman and his brother Randy Jr. made contact off turn four, sending Ryan spinning into the infield right in front of me. I had the best view of that, and I thought my camera was running, and apparently it was running, except it was on time-lapse mode again because I'm a complete amateur idiot. Okay. This is the second time I've done that this with so? this camera, and the third time I've done it all year. So whose fault was it? Mine. No, I meant who's wrecked, whose brother wrecked whose. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think they Both just kind of came together. <laughs> you know, I think uh, Randy was just holding tight off of the off the bottom, and Ryan kind of drifted up. I think they just met in the middle. I don't know. It didn't look egregious to me. <laughs> I mean, I could I could see why they're being they're frustrated, but it's like or Ryan's frustrated or somebody, but. Um, I just wanted to put just you don't on the think spot. This, no, all. I just really, I honestly <laughs> think it was more just kind of racing. You know, the track wasn't that great, and they were just kind of holding tight. It just happened. Didn't look, like I said, just didn't look egregious to me. So, um, where was I here? That brought out the caution. Corey Fanning would take over the top spot from Stone and bring Robinson with him. Battles were behind them as they left the rest of the field behind, again, like the first race. I struggled with utter shit handling once again. It was even worse than the first race because, uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's the only answer I got for you is, I don't know. Uh, Fanning would go unchallenged for the win. Now, they had mentioned that there was somebody thrown out in tech after this race, but I'm hearing from that person that they weren't, and I'm seeing on the points that they weren't. So, I mean, wouldn't that concern you to say, hey, the press release says I got thrown out, but I didn't? I'd be, I'd be pushing for a retraction of some form. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I saw that and I started texting people. I'm like, hey, what was tech? Who, why'd they get thrown out? And they texted that person and it's like, well, I didn't get thrown out. I got second. I got second in points or I got second place points, I mean, and... I'm still listed as, you know, whatever in the point standings. And I'm like, well, I'm just, I'm just going off the press release. You'd figure that the press release would be the right answer, and I don't know what's going on. So, Well, good thing we're not the mainstream media because we would just, because we would just get it wrong, and it, it doesn't matter because as long as we get it first. Yeah, so. right? Yeah. 
So no, I mean, I don't know. It's it doesn't really matter to me as much because I know that I probably wasn't going to win a title or even a race this year because I suck so badly. No, it's just yeah. I mean, we'll fix it. We'll fix it, but it, it yeah, it, we're just curious. That's all. I you know, like I said before, I I I thought I went down every alley to try to fix what was wrong with my car, and I hadn't gone down one specific direction and i went that direction this time and tried to make it right and yeah it didn't work at all so i'm like okay i guess i finally went down every alley now so now i can actually say that i've tried everything to make something work now i can move on from that thing i don't think that was that sad was it no It's like, look, we went down every every way we could, and it no. didn't work. And now I'm like, okay, I guess we can just try something else from this now. I'm sad for you. It sucks. <laughs> it's so bad when you're like actually able to do something and keep up, and now you're like a turd. It's like, good grief. Yeah, that sucks. Anyway. Why is Twitter only showing me suggested things instead of, like, what I actually follow? Isn't that the whole point of social media is to see what you follow instead of what people think you should follow? They need to spread out the algorithm, right? Anyway, something I didn't fail at was I went to Waterford, and I did put up the YouTube video of that doubleheader race on my YouTube channel. I thought I did a good job. I thought it was kind of entertaining. Mm-hmm. Over YouTube.com slash Brent Gleason. Yeah, real inventive title, but hey, you know where it is and who it is. All right, but I did go to Waterford this weekend, and I filmed for the single cam shoot for Speed Bowl History, and I filmed all the races there. They had a special event with X-Cars, Super X-Cars, uh, Mini Stocks, SK Lights. I think it was uh, Military Night. Yeah. And uh, let's see. Yeah, I said SK Lights, Super X, uh, late, late model, models. and SKs. But there was no street stocks or trucks or something like that because they have way too many divisions. Oh, wait. No, that's not it. <laughs> oh. Anyway, so. Not enough cars, but you know, plenty of, they have more divisions than cars. At this point, yeah. Um, the hell was that? Was that Thunder? I was hoping it's either thunder or a nuclear bomb. No, I don't think they dropped the bomb yet. We're not that fortunate. No. That was thunder. Oh, okay. Producer Junior was, informed us that it that is was thunder. That loud, wasn't that, bud? That was the biggest thing I ever heard. It shook the house. Jeez. Gosh. Anyway, we didn't lose power, at least. So, hey, X-Cars started Waterford off that night. Now, uh, I yes. have a question yes, on X-Cars, right because this is going to be seamless here. What Did they start them up for, like from like fast time or whatever uh they, as all, they qualified i'm pretty sure they did it, because it they, the like, super x and the x car started the heat race winners on the front i was row. gonna say like how lee pulliam won all of those weekly all america series championships and, and anthony whatnot. anders and anthony anders uh, <laughs> yeah all the guys down south who win a lot who don't actually have to race their way through the field yeah just so it must fast. have been a, a special night where they didn't have a handicap or whatever it kind of was yeah they they i think they started heads up okay but christian herman started on the pole and led every lap in a boring strung out race uh the only exception to that was rick mallow uh, had an engine let go with six to go and a small fire erupted from under the car in turn four <laughs> it seems like every every <laughs> form of racing 
every division different. There are so many different forms of racing and divisions that have had fires this year. This, is this has been fires. the year of the fire. We watched the guy roll over and catch fire at freaking Thunder Road. This guy blows an engine and catches yeah. fire. I see Legends car. cars blow up and catch fire. A sprint car spontaneously combusted and yeah. legs caught on fire. You see the guy trying to stomp on him to put it out. I'm like, you idiot. You're just kicking the guy. It's they not, have dirt. You're not you gonna, can't rub dirt in it. He's trying to beat up fire. Like it's not gonna work. <laughs> waiting for the waiting for the uh, safety crew to get out of the pisser or whatever. Oh my god! <laughs> the one guy with the squirt gun. I've never seen somebody try to assault fire before. Stop, drop, and roll. Yeah. God. You have to smother fire, dummy. You can't just beat it up. <laughs> How ridiculous! Anyway, uh, better luck beating your meat. Restart, but no difference as Herman ran from Corey Caddick and uh, Pete Zacharite, I think, for the win. Yeah. Boring race. Um, sorry, it just was. I got to call a spade a spade. There was no action. Yeah, it was boring. Except it was for boring poor, AF. Except for poor Rick blowing a motor in turn four and that long cleanup because it was all, all the innards of the engine went outwards. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, mini stocks. This was kind of interesting. Jesse Olaski led the uh, field from the pole, but Charlie Beal... In that front-wheel drive Honda-looking thing, took control from the high side and dragged uh, Charlie Canfield with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you could see that car physically shift. Yeah. So I know before it had a little problem shifting, but this time it seemed to work fine shifting now because mm. he was actually working it pretty halfway decent. Yeah. Speaking of that, mechanical woes were a problem for a few, including Rick LaFleche, Erica Canfield, and then about halfway through. David Dorr lost an engine or something big that oiled the entire track down in three and four. That was another lengthy cleanup. Lengthy cleanups were the name of the game. I mean, it was long well, cleanup city all night. It gave the one cameraman time to go take a leak. Luckily, <laughs> luckily, it was, uh, there weren't a lot of wrecks all night. So it was just a couple long cleanups, which wasn't too bad. You know what I mean? So anyway. Beal would lose the lead to Canfield, but with five to go, he'd wrestle it right back. He gave Sam, him the old bump and run. Yep. Sam Messick would uh, challenge for second until contact with four to go. He tried the same thing, and it, it just went way too hard. Yep. <laughs> sent, he sent Canfield spinning in two, and Messick went to the rear for contact. Beal would control the restart and the remainder of the race and win the mini stock feature in a front-wheel drive car. And not only that, it was his daughter's car he was filling in that night. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good run for old CIC Automotive himself. Yeah, um, I believe his son was in the regular 30 car, and he finished fourth. Yeah. So yeah, they got those front-wheel drive cars working pretty good. I'd like to see more of them because then we'd have more cars. I like, yeah, I like a lot of different types of. I love that's one thing I loved about the mini stocks at Thompson was there was definitely parity between the front-wheel drive and the rear-wheel drive, and it had a lot of different types of cars and it made it look it was pretty good optics anyway. Yeah, it looked really cool. Back in the day, we used to have tons of mini stocks. That was a lot of cars. Um, yeah, and they had Cavaliers and Volkswagens and Mustangs and. Chiracos. Yeah, Volkswagen Chiracos, Rabbits, all sorts of different ones, Golfs. Uh, again, Cavaliers Neons. of all different sorts, Neons. Yeah, Mustangs. We, Nissans. I mean, we used to have everything, and everything had their own little quirk to them. Like, what's funny is the Mustangs would outhandle the, like, the Volkswagens and the Chevys, but the Chevy, like the front-wheel drive cars had more motor. They could pull down the straightaway better, which was weird to say. Uh, the Mustangs, obviously, they got that single overhead cam deal and it's just 
they're really not mil- <laughs> they're not made for power. They're made for pulling a Pinto from 1979 to the grocery store. <laughs> like that's literally what the design was. It was not meant for horsepower. Um but you can make an EcoTech turn and you can make, you know, something else go pretty well, like a Honda or something. Um but anyway, getting back to the point, I'd like to see more parity so that we can get more mini stocks. I creativity. Mean, I like creativity. How God. many how many four-cylinder cars are out there in the world right now? Millions of them. Yeah. Why aren't they raceable? Yeah. You know what I mean? You can make it. You can make it happen. We can't just have, you know, Fox Body Mustangs that stopped production in 1994. Yeah, how many of those are left? 1993. Oh, but they're using the other cars now, too. Yeah, and where are they getting the engines from? They're all going to have to be aftermarket, which is going to cost $10,000, $12,000. What's the point? Anyway, we can go into rules at the end of the year and what we want to see. We should do that. We should have a special towards the end of the year where we talk about that. All right, SK Lights at Waterford. We and we will. Thank you. I believe we will. We gotta up we gotta look up like stuff from different tracks and stuff we'd like to see implemented. All right, SK Lights. Jordan Churchill, I think was his name, and Ethan DeRozier led the field to green. Jeff Nooney would challenge for the lead, but uh I don't know, some kind of contact or something would upset his car and he would uh fishtail spin off into turn one grass. Uh Nick Hovey would uh, be caught up in that somehow and back it into the turn one wall. Well, I see his luck's back in back to back to usual. Back right on there. form, as with, far as uh, the luck department goes. Back on form with the hubby luck. Well, yep, they they gave you one. All right, nope. Now you got to take it back tenfold. Yep. <laughs> Race for the lead between uh, DeRocher and even uh, Evan Burgoyne was uh, tight as they would trade nerfs a few times until the yellow would fly for Zach Sangramano it backwards in the turn one wall. Uh, I think he kept going. I'm not sure if he continued, but he got it off the wall himself. Uh, restart was brief as the 42 of Stephen... K- oh, God. <laughs> this name. All right. K- uh, Kelogianis? K-E-L-O-G-I-A-N-N-I-S. Yeah, Kelogianis. It's not Greek, is it? <laughs> it's all Greek to me. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, uh- Stephen K hit the turn three wall with eight to go, and that brought out a caution. Burgoyne and Durocher battled it out until Bur- there was another one where he drove it into turn three and and just never lifted his foot off the accelerator and just <laughs> drove it in there. Yikes! That sucked. Yeah, Burgoyne and Durocher just battled it out until Burgoyne took control of the race. Only a few laps to go. Sammy Anderson started basically last, or I think last, back with Evan Burgoyne. To be honest. Um Made her way up to second with, like, two laps to go. Burgoyne would win Anderson second, and like I said, both of them started basically last on the field. Yeah. So they had good runs. Uh, Sammy's coming along very well. She used to be a complete dart without feathers. Now she can actually start to cut through the field, so she's showing obvious improvement, which is nice to see. Yep. If If you're a bag of turds and you're always a bag of turds, you'll never get respect. But if you're a bag of turds, that turns into someone who actually, you know, gets around the racetrack, and then makes improvement and keeps making improvement, people are say, oh, wow, you're really getting along. Well, you know, yeah, So well, that's you, pretty much well, that's what a lot of people do. You need seat time. You need track oh, yeah. time. So you got, that's how you start. Constant track time will, will pay dividends. Race as much as you possibly can afford. Notice how I said that. Yeah. <laughs> Super X. Oh, okay. Devin Tate and Billy Ram uh, led the field to green in another boring, completely strung out race. Uh, Tate led every lap. It got interesting, though, with two to go because Rayum was uh, reeling him back in real fast. 
And uh, yeah, don't sleep on this race. Yeah, fast forward it to the last two laps. Yeah, just on watch the start. Yeah, watch the start, then fast forward to the last two laps. Yeah, because uh, Billy ran him down, got to him, got to the inside, almost got him, but Tate barely won by a nose. Yeah, yeah. He so it was a good finish for a boring race. It was. Yeah, it got real exciting real quick. Yeah, he won by inches. Yeah, yeah. barely inches. He led every lap, but. Had to work Barely. for it on that last one. It was going away. Yep. All right. Late models. Decent field, I think. Yeah. Derek Anderson, Charlie Bailey the third, led the field to green. Bailey would lead a good chunk of this thing, and all the while, Ray Christian III would be slicing his way through the field. Uh, he would eventually take the lead past halfway, leaving everyone, literally everyone, in his wake. Uh, contact between, I got to just say it, you know, Ray seems like the only car right now that can pass everywhere at will. Yep. Top, middle, bottom, don't matter. The car just goes. It, point squirt. That's it. Just, you know, wherever he needs it to go, he can just drive it and go. That's got to be the greatest feeling. I remember feeling that once. <laughs> don't play the damn music. Oh, there's more lightning outside. This is going to get ugly quick. Um <laughs> But anyway, uh, contact between Jordan Hadley and Corey DiMatteo. Yes, he was in the late model race. Uh, his car looked pretty good. Uh, sent DiMatteo spinning and Hadley to the rear. Six to go. Andrew Moeller made a move for second on Bailey. Where was Doug? I didn't see Doug there. Uh, he's. Is he taking him a break? He's yeah. He's enjoying family time. Okay, good. Yeah, for three weeks. <laughs> He'll be back after this next week. I think okay. they're they're coming back from vacation. Okay. Yeah, it's a long drive. Yeah. Um, Andrew Moeller made a move for second on Bailey. Got loose, made contact, and spun out in turn three. Bailey continued, but that incident involved Keith Scalia. Jason Williams and uh, Mike Benavides all would continue. Christian got the restart he needed and retained the control of the race. The battles, again, were behind him as he won comfortably and retains the point or extends the point lead, I should say. So who's the top three? Uh, I don't remember. Okay. I only care about who wins. Oh, well, there's RC, RC3. I think... Uh, Jesse's a lot more caring than I am. CB3. Yep. And some other dude. <laughs> You're trying to do the thing like last week where it was a family step down. Senior, junior, and the third or something like that. There's just so many... <laughs> Ray Christian Jr. Jr. and Charles Bailey Jr. Jr. Congratulations. Well, it's okay because Ray Christian Jr. Jr. had Ray Christian Jr. 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 in victory lane with him, as long as, as well as Ray Christian Jr. He forced him. <laughs> Did he force them? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? You get to the third, you gotta fourth up your firstborn son. It's like I didn't have a choice, kid. Now you don't either. <laughs> Keep it rolling. It's a great victory lane photo, man. It's a family picture. That's cool. Senior third. Yay. <laughs> it's okay because you can clump all people in by one name and they all respond to you. You just okay. have to say three letters. Okay. Hey, Ray. What do you say? <laughs> Everyone looks. Uh, all right. We're going to rename the dirt pits the Ray pits because there's all sorts of them down there. <laughs> the Ray pits. <laughs> it's a bunch of- Wait, don't say that. Yeah, we could lump one word in there. No, let's not do that. All right. So, SKs. This one got interesting. Rob Janovic Jr. led the field from the pole, but would relinquish the lead um, pretty early on, like three laps into Eric Burnt. 
Fourth lap, there was a spin off of turn four by Joey uh, Ternulo, and he rolled to a stop in turn one, in the longest uh, finish of a spin ever, apparently. Uh, <laughs> I think the magic restart button came into play there. Restart was for naught as Stephen Kopsik in the backup 11 car, the backup burnt car, got crossed up as the field stacked up Billy Anderson in the uh, 94 car, which is the, uh, I can't remember his name now. What the hell is it? Gaydash? Yeah. He was in the Gaydash 94 car. Yeah. yeah he, I, I was going to say, where's Justin? Because he's usually a, a giant killer. He's like a David character. Uh, yeah, he used to give Keith Rocco fits, and he would only race part-time. Like three, four races a year. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, was, I always thought that was interesting because the car was fast as hell. Yeah, and he was fast yeah. as hell, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, he got tagged. Anderson in that car got tagged and spun into the infield. Todd Owen would pry second from Janovic, but the caution would fly for Cody Rose and John Burcham off of turn two at 23 to go. I think that was a lengthy cleanup, and that would slow Burns' momentum. Owen and Burnt would battle for the lead until Owen was sent into the Crystal Mall parking lot off turn four, and Anthony Flannery would take over second as Owen would get drop kicked to about, like, seventh place. Well, yeah, well, he, he got his pretzel, his pretzel and his hot dog and whatnot from the food court. And oh, come, from the food truck off four. Yeah, there you go. From the well, from the Crystal Mall. Oh, that was still open. Hit J.C. Penny, and uh, came back up through the field there. Yeah, he had to make the roundabout way. Yeah, uh, he would march back to the front as Flannery would pester the back bumper of Burnt in the closing laps. Owen would catch back up, and the two leaders, uh, and the team, well, to the two leaders, and the team chassis pro cars were definitely the class of the field, but Burnt wasn't having it. Owen made several attempts to take the lead back, but to no avail, as Eric Burnt would take the win. Owen was less than pleased in his post-race uh, discussions. Yeah. Uh, I think he was a little nicer on the microphone than he was. Uh, well, he wasn't even that bad in the in the discussions afterwards, either. He was, he was visibly angry, but not like... Being um, disgraceful or tactless. Well, or something yeah, Mitch like that. got a good shot of that with the, yeah with his camera and he the, basically put his finger in uh, Burnt's face and said, "Hey, you know, I don't race you like that. Why are you racing me like that?" Yeah, basically that's what he said. Yeah, and uh, Flannery had much more uh, potent words for him because he had basically said <laughs> it's just running people all over the racetrack. But I think Todd had a little bit more tact. He was just kind of miffed. And to know. Todd's credit, he didn't fall, you know, sink to that level and. No, he didn't just drive back, right. So. Once he got back to Burnt, he didn't just run into him and you know move him out of the way. He did make a little bit of contact with him, but he never really did anything to upset him from the lead. You he don't made, usually see Todd Owen going to the back for over aggressive driving. So. No, he's there's a reason why he has a two race lead in the SK points with three to go at Stafford. Yeah, because <laughs> he's not an idiot. All right, Burnt. I think he said that he just washed up. And he said he didn't mean to do it, but it's like, well, I mean, don't we all say that? It could be the truth, though. Who knows? All right, so. Yeah. Which story does it get me punted? <laughs> which, which explanation Which story will like? not get me taken out of the next yeah. race? Yeah, which one would you like to hear? <laughs> I'll say anything. Please. <laughs> and I'll believe it, too. <clears throat> all right, so we have, by the way, oh, we have an a, email. Because. I need music for this. I know, we do need music for this, because Sean Miner has taken it upon himself, like I said last week, to do us a huge solid and give us the Seekonk race reports as he is there weekly, and they are in the dead of the championship, whatever, playoff, champ, chase, 
whatever thing that they got going on. I have no idea what I'm trying to say. I don't even know what it's called, so I have no idea. It's the plan, yeah, the championship gimmick of 2022. Right. Uh, I'm sending Jesse a video on his Facebook because Sean sent us a video to watch. Oh, there's another one. Hang on. I got to send you this one as well. Copy link address and send it to Jesse. I'll send it to you in order. First one is a sport truck thing. The second one's a pro stock thing. So we will watch it in real time as we go through Sean's race report. Here we go. All right. Who's this? Who's what? Not that one. Yeah. I have no idea who the hell that is. iRacing Hacks, that's our underground racing league for iRacing that we don't tell anybody about. Oh, okay. <laughs> Except I just did. All right. Title is of the Seekonk Race Report by Sean Miner, Earth to Race Control. This ought to be good. And email is as follows. All right. With a full night of racing on tap and the addition of spectator drags and two senior tour auto racer features, Seekonk moved the starting time up to 5.30 this week and the show moved, uh, flowed smoothly. Sorry, I can't speak. That's good. Senior tour auto racers were first, and I couldn't tell you much about those racers as I decided to walk to the concession stand and would provide me with more entertainment. Yes, I fully agree. <laughs> uh, these cars, this is not Sean talking, this is me. Uh, but the you know the vintage outlaws and the vintage cars and the senior tour cars and all that stuff belong in a museum and not on the racetrack. I'd love to see them on the midway and look at them, but please stop putting them in danger to wreck them. They are historic. Please stop it. If you want to get a race car, go buy a real one. Uh, okay, so back to Sean's email. I'm, he says, I'm pretty sure it's been discussed on your show before, but those cars belong in a museum, not on the racetrack. Yes, we agree. All right, so I said it first. The sport trucks started 20 trucks, and drama started early with playoff contender Barry Shaw Jr. getting in the back of Mike Rotondo, sending Mike spinning. Barry did not get sent to the rear for the contact and restarted fourth, but worked his way to the lead a few laps later. Rick Martin started the feature in ninth, but quickly carved his way cleanly through the field. And, excuse me, after a few yellows for single truck incidents, would find himself second by lap 10. The last five laps of the 30-lap race featured Shaw and Martin running nose to tail until Rick pulled to the outside with two laps to go. Radical Rick's the man. I'm sorry. You don't win 100 laps by being a schlub. It's so weird to see. 100 races. I'm sorry. God, I can't speak. It's so weird because I don't go to Seacon very often, but to watch him go to the high side as you see Rick Martin go to the high side of Shaw, and Shaw just lights up the rear tires. They're both lighting them up really good, but it was on the drag race of the line. It looked like the old man can just get it done, dude. Rick Martin can just, <laughs> he just wheel. He can just get it done. Uh, they're both old, let's be fair. But, they wheel uh, it. That was a, that I just was called Barry Shaw. I just called Barry that Shaw. That was Tracy's old. action photography on YouTube. Yeah. How many how many uh, subscribers they got? 332. Oh, not bad. That's it's, more than Speed Bowl history, Brent. It's more than me, too. Not by much, but Speed still. Bowl history needs to deserve more as well. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, that was a great finish if anybody sees that, uh, or saw that at least, because, uh, geez, Radical Rick is getting up there, but, man, he can absolutely run that thing. So, uh, yeah, so Martin edged Shaw by .044 of a second, a nice clean outside pass to pick up his 107th win. 
earlier I said he he completed 100 he he got 107 laps. I'm like, "No, that's wins, dummy. I'm stupid." <laughs> all right. So, yeah, I'm great. That's all right. All right. Uh Martin Radical Rick, Barry Shaw, Mike Duart. Hey, he said pronounced the Duart. Yeah, cuz I keep pronouncing it wrong. I keep calling him Duarte cuz I'm stupid and uncultured. <laughs> Remember Thank fifth. you for that. I will now remember at least somebody was kind enough to give me a pronunciation of it. Duart. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out what country that is. D U A R T E. Yeah, what what's it from? What is it originating? Hell if I know. I'm uncultured swine. I That's can't even I mean. pronounce a name properly. I mean at least it's a, it's an English enough, okay? And you're not part of the fifty four percent of Americans who are illiterate and can't read past the sixth grade level. I guess I didn't read the accents properly because okay. there was nothing over the E, so, so I was I reading know. it wrong. Damn it. All right. So Probably anyway. French or something. And, okay, we could speak. We can read English, not not French. And Brittany Campbell, I didn't screw that one up, yeah. would advance to the final four. Because it's a name written in goddamn American. It, it's, uh, <laughs> okay, I was going to say something else. With Jake Venata and Amy Arsenal being eliminated. Uh, let's see, timestamp for, oh, I should have sent you the damn timestamps for the incidents instead of just sending you the video. Oh. Anyway, late models saw 17 cars start with Corey Fanning starting on the pole and Josh Hedges to his outside. I forgot they had a late CT car. Hedges would take the lead early, and playoff contenders is Mark Jennison, Vinny Aragondo. I don't think I pronounced that wrong. He, he gave me the pronunciation for that one. Did he spell it in phonetically for you? He said U-H-H, uh, Ron, as in name Ron, uh, U-H-H, ga, G-A-A. Dough as in pizza dough. This is shit that I can understand, okay? Uragando. Uragando. Uragando, yeah. Vinny Arigando. Uh, Vinny Oregano. Mur- someone named Murray. <laughs> is it Richie? I don't remember. I'm not from Seekonk. Richie Murray. Yeah, I was right. Holy shit. I am so bad at this. All right. <laughs> and Jerry D. Running. F- he didn't give me the, the rundown on how to say Gaspar though. I don't know. Maybe I, think you spell, I think you heard that right. Yeah, but I also said Argondo right. He gave me that one. Yeah. Whatever. He's just looking out. For, he's watching out for me. So. I mean, it could be worse. <laughs> you could be like Randy Phillips of Roughing Fenders Podcast. They're calling Ray Christian the third Ray Christensen every friggin' time. <laughs> so At least I'm trying. Yeah. And I'm not that stupid guy, Randy the Plumber, who just stands there yeah. and screams at his TV until he has yeah. a heart attack. Look, I'm famous on YouTube. I'm an angry boomer. You ain't that bad yet. So Okay, good. At yeah. least I'm trying. We know Ray Christensen's the name. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's a pen, yeah. uh, okay. Junior, 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 junior. Okay. All right. So um, I was at <laughs> so. a spin in the back would result in an early restart, and Jennison would work his way through up through the field and pass hedges for the lead on the outside. Meanwhile, Vinny Argondo would get uh, shuffled up to the top side of three wide and drop to the back of the field. Race went green until the end with Jennison winning, Hedges in second, and Richie Murray for third. Jerry D. and Chase Belcher will join Jennison and Murray in the final four, while last week's winner Jacob Burns and last year's champion Vinny Argondo were eliminated. So, uh, geez, Mark's having a good year in the pretty much any division he's in at, at uh, Seekonk. He's got, what, two pro stock wins and a couple late model wins now, so he's winning in everything. That's cool. Let's see here. Sportsman had another Concy and started 24 cars. Adam Petty would take the lead with an outside pass. There's a theme here. The race was relatively clean with a few single-car spins drawing 
a few cautions, the last being with two laps to go. A green-white checkered restart would see Adam Petty on the inside. Chad Baxter on the outside. After attempting an outside pass, Baxter would fall in line and try to get underneath Petty, but was unsuccessful. Baxter had the opportunity to use the bumper, and he didn't. Petty went on to win his first feature event of the year. I remember he went in a few last year. This win had a bit of sting to it because you remember Petty was eliminated from the playoffs last week after getting DQ'd for ignoring a black flag for speeding in the pits. Yeah, I remember because we told him that you can't have self-inflicted wounds. Uh, let's see here. Baxter would finish second. Scott Serendisky Jr. would finish third. Sarah, Sarah Serendinsky? I think I'm, that's another hard name to pronounce. You didn't give me that one. Had his playoff spot stripped after he was DQ'd in post-race tech last week. Chad Baxter, Ed Perry, Colby Lambert, and Craig... Pan- uh, is it Pianca or Panka? Is that... Is that, yeah, be, well, there's a spelling error here, so I think it's Craig Pianca. I'll bail him out here because uh, <laughs> he helped me out already. Would all advance Tyler Almeida, Doug Benoit, were, is it Benoit or Benoit? <laughs> should I just pronounce it wrong on purpose? Would get eliminated. Pro Stocks had 14 cars this week. Tommy Adams being a notable absence. Oh, boy. Oh, we didn't. Oh, I shut it off early. Go ahead. Keep going. Anyway, uh, Kenny Spencer started on the pole with Dave Darling on his outside. Darling would make a quick chop across Spencer's nose and clear himself in the turn one, allowing Mark Jennison to follow through for second. Darling would check out, but playoff contenders would have a great mid-pack battle. Bobby Pell in the third would lose a heated but clean battle between himself and Colby Fournier. Pellin would spin, resulting in a caution, but avoided contact and regrouped at the end of the field. On the ensuing restart, the field would string out single file until Mike Brightman appeared to lose the handling of his car. Uh, Fighting a noticeably loose condition, Mike would settle in behind Colby Fournier, but Rick Martin would give him a few shots to the rear bumper before finally finishing him off, sending Brightman spinning in turn one. Yeah. Pretty much exactly how he wrote it. Yeah, (laughs) pretty much. If you watch the video (laughs) of Tracy's A. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, gave him a shot and just... Uh, In the second missed call of the evening... F- yeah, finished him off. <laughs> Martin would not get sent to the rear and would restart fifth. This race would not stay green for long as Tom Scully would slide up the track from the bottom lane and slam Colby Fournier into the outside walls if he was not even there. There it is. Yeah. Yeah, he sure did. Nope. Not Car clear. High. Yeah. Car high. Not clear. All right. Uh, let's see here. The race director would earn a hat trick for missed calls in the evening and would not send Scully to the back. Well, usually if you got a nose on somebody, they they typically don't send you to the rear. That's a dirty racer's trick, to be honest with you. Yeah, there's no such thing as a uh, defensive foul in, in racing. Yeah. So you basically you can get away with a lot if you just poke you your nose chop, ahead of a guy. <laughs> if, if, yeah, if you, you could chop, you could block and, and take the guy out, and a lot of, like, nine times out of ten, you ain't going to the back. Yeah, that, like I said, that's uh, kind of an inside racer yeah. secret at that yeah. point. Yeah, there's no defensive fouls. Of course, we gave that one away. Uh, let's see. I said that one. Race director missed a hat trick. Uh, would not send Scully to the back. Darling would go on to win with Jennison second and Tom Scully third. In a last-ditch effort to advance to the next round, Bobby Pellin sailed it in under Mike Brighton would come up a bit short. Jennison... Scully, Brightman, and Martin all advanced to the final four, and Pelland and Fournier were eliminated. So I'm seeing that uh, Mark is in both the late model and 
the Pro Stock Final Four. Ain't that interesting? Definitely making it interesting. Making me look forward to Man, I wish I next could be week there. and whatnot to his uh to to the reviews for next I week. Genuinely wish that I could be there <laughs> to yeah. watch this, but I'm going to be filming at Waterford that Saturday night, so I can't be there, which stinks. I really wanted to go to Seekonk this year and I don't think I'm gonna make it. Oh well. I'm hoping that they are open next year because there's no other reason why they wouldn't be. So, all right. After, uh, although he won, Dave Darling continued his theme of salty interviews when he told, when told that his car looked stout and asked if the wind was bittersweet, Dave responded with, quote, if anybody wants to know why I started on the outside pole, that's Seekonk's rules. I'm out of the playoffs, so I start in front of the guys that advanced. It's their ball field. And we show up and play at it, so it is what it is. I mean, that's a pretty straightforward comment, you know. Uh, He also ended his interview by saying, in case this is the last time I'm here this season, it's been a great 20 years. Thank you, everybody. I don't know if we'll be back next year or not. We'll see. See you next year, Dave, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, whenever they say that, we'll see you next year. Yeah, we'll see you next year. We'll, we'll, We'll make sure we watch your car get wrapped by 32 signs. Uh, one race left to the side of the championship. Rick Martin and Mark Jennison each have the opportunity to win two. I missed Rick Martin because I forgot he was in the truck one as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a playoff driver going into next week, what is the incentive to race cleanly if race control does not send aggressive drivers to the rear? Personally, I'm going to cut from here. Personally, I wouldn't risk it. I would still race to win, but I really would race like I raced all year. Try not to draw as much attention to myself because I don't want to have to force them into making or not making a choice because I don't want to have to err on the side of caution. You know what I mean? I don't want to have to hope that he doesn't make a call as I make a move. You know what I mean? I'd rather just make sure he doesn't have to make a call. Yeah. And how many races are left? One. Hmm. Well. For the championship, at least. Yeah. You put, if you put, yeah, a track on a spot. You know, yeah. it's tough for them to decide the championship outright like that. Mm-hmm. That's one of the my one of my key questions about this whole chase thing is because short tracks are usually a little bit more regulated as far as how the how the you know, the competition side works. So yeah, so you're gonna put the championship in the hands of the officials. Yeah, I just can't do it. Uh, I wouldn't want to do it. But if you figure, if you think that they're inconsistent, you don't want to put yourself in a situation where you test their inconsistency. Yeah, because it always could bite you right in the back. And usually it will. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. He also says, why not make a move and leave it to the race director to make a call? Again, we don't want to get to that point. We'll just say, look, we're going to race hard, and how the cards fall is where they fall. He says, let's just hope you're one of his favorites. Good luck Saturday, Phil, except he's not here. Stop letting that rain guy win. Well, it's Florida. It's always going to win. It's just like the sinkholes and alligators. All right, till next week, Sean, Tyler, Miner. <laughs> Even he gets the callbacks because everyone's Tyler. All right, thank yes, you Tyler. again. Thank you, Tyler. We do appreciate it. Thank you again. <laughs> I guess if we did have any kind of merch, we would be sending it to you, but... Um, we haven't got it yet because we don't feel like we're worthy enough <laughs> of merchandising, I guess. I don't know. What do you think? Should we put something out, like stickers or anything? I don't Absolutely. Know. 
should have sh- <sighs> t-shirts and slogans and bumper stickers. Show them the lap times and tell them to go kill themselves. <laughs> Custom printed condoms? We could do that. It would be the only podcast, with, well, only racing podcast from Connecticut with Well, it's them. a collector's item, you know, and no one uses them. So there you go. <laughs> Another in mint condition. <laughs> yeah, racers don't tend to use those. Okay. No, they end up with seconds and thirds and fourths. That's Correct. what they end up with. <laughs> Ouch. Anyway, all right, so why don't we move into Bristol because we ain't got much to talk about and we're not really, uh, uh, we don't have our third person here, so we can always keep it a little bit short, I guess. But I uh, third person. Why not? <laughs> custom printed cream pies? Custom printed Be more money! <laughs> Gross. Anyway. Little Debbie? Anyway. Uh... <laughs> Trucks went to Bristol, uh, and they sprayed the bottom. So, <laughs> people, I was going to give the Darf comment award to the people going like, "You're making it a one groove racetrack by spraying the bottom," and it's like, if they don't spray the bottom, it's a one groove racetrack on the top. Which do you prefer? Yeah. <laughs> which do you prefer? Do you want it to be one groove on top or one groove on the bottom? It's still one groove. I still hate PJ One. I don't give a shit. I do too. People have been, and I don't understand why, but mostly SMI, but NASCAR is also guilty of it. They've been chasing the white whale of trying to make a racetrack two grooves forever, and they haven't figured it out yet because it doesn't last. PJ1's temporary, it wears off, other lanes rubber in, and then they become the lane, and then you still have only one groove. It's just like, why even? You just leave it alone. Just let the racing be organic. People loved Bristol when it was asphalt. Why don't we just put? Why don't we just put astroturf or whatever the true turf is, whatever the new stuff is? Mm. Why don't we put that in Lambeau Field? Why not? Yeah, why not? Why don't we put Lambeau Field in the dome? Let's make it a parquet okay. floor. Yeah, <laughs> like a basketball game. Let's put trampolines on the on the on the foul line. Okay, so that we jump, you can get even higher and dunk from 20 feet up. Let's ban the infield Why fly not? rule. Or no, let's ban the shift like baseball is doing and make the pitchers have to have a timer to count them down. Yeah. yeah why not? <laughs> well, we that's don't see what, other series altering the playing field. I mean, well, major well, league. I mean football and, and they do, and it ends up being kind of lousy. Well, Major boring, League Baseball but. actually just did that. Yeah. How do you ban the shift? Well. Seriously. And then put a pitch clock on? They still haven't. They still haven't really taken the shift full in effect because I'm, they're still. Using they're doing the shift. it next year. That's why. Yeah, they're well, doing it next year. Sucks to watch now. They got to do something. <laughs> it sucks to watch now. Yeah. I was going to say, review, when did it not? <laughs> where have you been for the last eighty? Playoff years? baseball yeah. is the only baseball worth watching. It's just like every other sport. Playoff hockey is best to watch. Playoff baseball is the best to watch. Playoff anything is the best to watch. Everything else is boring. Playoff racing isn't true, but. Baseball's really bad. It's like home run derby now. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, is banning well, the shift going to stop that? Or well, why did they make steroids <laughs> mandatory in baseball? About the eighties. Yeah. Why did they do that? Why? Why didn't they just leave it alone? I don't know. Why didn't they ban steroids? <laughs> why did they wind up? <laughs> I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I don't know either. 
<laughs> something about the Warren report or whatever. Oh yeah, that guy. Yeah. All right. So yeah. I don't why know. did they? Why did they? You know, make the pitcher throw. It was throw fine a, for a hundred. The pitcher throws years. a golf ball now. It's so wound so tight. It's like a golf ball. You hit it and it goes four thousand yards. I this was a racing show. I forgot what I was doing. Why did We're I? We're altering this up? the playing field, just like just like I mean, you guys. You guys are hockey guys. What do you think about the the? Um, when they added that thing that helps you see the puck in hockey more on the broadcast, did you like that? Well, like ESPN had that little uh, streak thing back in the nineties or two, oh, oh, no, two yeah. thousands or something. Yeah, some fans hated it. And I, I didn't mind it. It was cool. I don't understand why. I thought that was one of the. Coolest I could see things. it better. I thought that was the coolest invention it was ever a, made to sports broadcast. It was still a gimmick, but I mean, yeah. it was still. It didn't make. It didn't detract from the game. It was. Kind of interesting. Well, that's my point. Is some of them work, some of them don't. Like in football, they got the first down line now. Like I couldn't imagine watching a game without that now. Yeah, yeah. You know? So this clock like thing, it. it might work, but it might it might be stupid. You never know, and they'll get rid of it. You know, it just depends. I don't. I just don't understand how what they're trying to do by banning the shift, like the infield shift or whatever shift it is. It's like, why are you trying to open up scoring? They don't have a problem with that. Apparently, they yeah, do. they do. No, they the, don't. The only scoring comes from home runs. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, that's well, why I said it's home run derby now. Baseball the, the, was fine for a hundred years. I mean, the players are years. stupid because they're they're robots now. If they could simply just hit the other way, there would be no shift. They're basically forcing them to say hit the other way, then, and they won't do it. Oh, so, I mean, that's a simple solution. But you're if saying they're not going to do it. Oh, okay. So, also so what you're run, so what you're saying you know? is that they they have zero capability of actually putting the ball where they want to in their swing. They just have this robotic swing that just hits the ball as hard as possible. Well, it's also because every pitcher now throws like 95 to 100 miles an hour. So you don't have much choice. Right. So you basically get your swing and then, you know, the time to adjust, I think, is not what it used to be because everyone just shows absolute gas. Yeah. So uh, to spread the field out and keep infielders, you know, two on each side of the second base, I'm fine with it. Yeah, whatever. I just don't like the home run derby aspect to it. You know, I'm a, I'm a purist when it comes to baseball. It's, yeah. It's just. I mean, all home runs are great, but there's more to the game than just that, and that's basically what it's. It, you know? Yeah, you're right. It was definitely a lot more fun when it, it was more finesse than it was power everything, power pitching, power hitting. It was a lot more fun when you go watch guys like Tim Wakefield throw a knuckleball or a guy actually push a ball instead of pulling it. You know, right. it's, it's a, it was a Nobody lot more bunts. fun. There's no stolen bases anymore. I mean, it's it's yeah, there's no it's hit all and about run. the power game. I hate it. Yeah, there's no hit and run. There's no wonder I haven't no, been watching no lately. Ball. No wonder I haven't been watching. I used Let's to take- love it. All right. Anyway, this is a racing podcast. But <laughs> yeah, we got way up track. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. So altering the playing field is what we were talking about, and that's what these people just keep doing with this PJ one and all this other nonsense. They keep applying to the tracks. We all know it's temporary. It does wear off. Other lines do rubber in and then overtake. Like Bristol is a prime example of you should have left it the goddamn hell alone because. The whole point was to make it one groove, and if you wanted to pass somebody, action happened when someone made a mistake or someone got you know a little bumper happy. Well, every time we come to this, the, the racing groove at Bristol is the same racing groove that it was forty years ago. But well, before they before they made it concrete, yeah, the, in the seventies and late the sixties, seventies, eighties, or whatever, the high groove was the way around there. When it was paved. Yeah. I don't remember watching that because I just can't. Because they paved it. Yeah. You know, a long time ago, but still. When, when I mean, they paved it in concrete when it 
when it wasn't in concrete, the fast way around Bristol was the High Line. Mm. In the 70s, especially. Yeah. Yeah. Once, uh, yeah, once they went concrete, everybody had to be a bottom feeder. Yeah, but then they did it over again, and they put more banking at the top side with concrete, and now it's back at the top. That again. and the cars have more corner speed. Oh, yeah, the new cars have corner speed, which so, sucks. So they're not lifting out of the gas as much. Mm. So Yeah, they're, they're too in the track for short track racing. Yeah. You have to have a car that's not as in the track. I mean, you You'll can make have it something like that SK works. lights at Thompson basically. Yeah, and that's the tough part. Plus they added like uh I think the truck series went out to add basically rubber the track up and then the Xfinity series did a great job of rubbering the track up and then the Cup series got there and they're so fast in the corners that there was still just they could go anywhere and pass anywhere basically, but they couldn't really pass because they were too in the track and too equal. So they were all at the top like normal and it is what it is, but let's go to trucks anyway because we're just kind of yammering about bullshit. All right, so <laughs> that's what this show's a foundation. Yammering and bullshit, yeah. So uh, let's see here. I, I kind of watched this. I don't remember if I did or not, but uh, I think I watched the uh, updates or whatever. Chandler Smith, Derek Krause led him to green with tight racing throughout the pack. Track did not have any rubber buildup in any lanes yet, so the bottom was kind of priority. At this point, I know they had an Arca race, but that's different rubber. So I guess they had to carve through that first. Uh, let's see here. Tw lap 26, Spencer Boyd hit the wall with a flat tire. Lap 43, a caution for when Josh Raum, uh made contact and spun and got melee late by Raja. Excuse me, Raja Karuth, who claims to have not heard his spotter saying somebody had wrecked. Did you hear about that? I heard about it. No one has released any of the audio. I heard something on the broadcast about it, but they were just kind of the aftermath. And he said, hey, uh, you know, I was here, and uh, I didn't hear you. And the spotter's like, well, I was keying up, and you didn't respond. So I'm like, I don't know which end it was on, or if he didn't hear him or what, but uh, Raja came from, like, nowheresville and just meleeed him late. You know what I mean? Like last guy through, just spun, knocked Josh Josh Ram around. Uh, I think he also, I think uh, Ram went to the hot. It is Josh Ram, right? Is his name? I'm pretty sure I had to rewind it and get it. But I think he went to the hospital with a concussion after that. Yeah. So that sucks. Uh, I don't know what to blame there. Maybe it was just a spotter issue, but either way, I know that it's kind of hard to see around a corner there. Some kind cockpit, of communication so. error, something. Yeah, yeah. So we'll just go with that because we don't know what really happened. Uh, Chandler Smith won stage one. Let's see. Connor Mozak spun for a caution, a little past halfway. Chandler Smith also won stage two. Again, not a lot happening here. Fifty to go. The thirty-three truck. I don't didn't catch their name. <laughs> spun out to bring a yellow out. Uh, Ty Majeski started making his presence known by taking the lead. I think it was about 25-ish to go. Dean Thompson blocked for, like, 20th place and got junked pretty badly. Did you see that one? Yeah, I watched the whole race. I just... He turned down on what's-his-face and, uh, yeah, car not, car not clear or car still there or whatever, car low. Yeah. And just wrecked himself. It was like, oh, that wasn't so great. And he was not that far up either. So that sucked. Uh, restart with 12 to go. I didn't really, t I watched this race, but I didn't even take notes of this race because it was, it was kind of boring. 
Yeah, I, I had to take notes, but you could tell that it's with zero enthusiasm. <laughs> I'm trying here. That's right. You know, um, let's see. Restart with 12 to go. Majeski got a good start, got away to a decent lead. Majeski would go on to win his first career truck race, and it puts him into the championship something. <laughs> I don't know what round they're in. I think it's the well, yeah, that's the, that's one. Thing I think I it's I the championship four or, uh, because the, the, they're the all trucks, on different planes. I don't know where are, they are. are. The truck series started their playoffs first. Yeah. Then the Cup Series, and then the Xfinity Series is last. Like late. So it's like really dumb. So Now, didn't Ty Majeski only take two tires or something? He might have, yeah. Man. I believe they took some strategy, but he was able to stay out front, and Clean Air was name of the game, I guess, Jess. Yeah. Clean Air. Clean Air. <laughs> but yeah, I guess it's the cha- I'm going to say it's the Championship 4 that puts him in. I don't know. I guess so. Uh, anyway, um, let me see. And here. it is, and uh, yeah, the other. Oh, did you want to finish up that? Or yeah, award for worst fans ever goes again to NASCAR fans for booing him because he didn't do a burnout. Literally Ugh. the worst guy pulls up to the start finish line, gets out of his truck, and they boo him. What did Ty Majeski do to you? Seriously, what did he do? You didn't do burnout, boo! And so <laughs> then they announced his name, and they all cheered. It's like, you are all terrible people. Like, terrible people. So when Ryan Blaney doesn't do his burnout when he wins a race, do you boo him too? No. Leave Ty alone. I mean, isn't the burnout just at the end of the race like the most forced thing ever at this point? Yeah. It's not even spontaneous. It's not anything that's imaginative. It's just does it because TV tells you that you have to do it. And, and I, you're supposed to go, you know, you're supposed to you go know, nuts or whatever. I like it when they don't do it. Yeah. I like it when he pulls up and just gets out, goes and get the flag. Thank you. How about I just give you? The, how about I give the TV the finger and drive straight to victory lane with my crew like I used to? <laughs> That's it. Oh, That's that would I be would great. Love to do. I would love to do that. That would be so much fun. I'd love to see somebody do that. Just to see what they would do. Yeah. You know, just to see what they would say. Hey, party over here! They got the beer and the cases of beer over here in the checkered squares. I would radio okay. radio to your crew, tell them go to the victory lane yeah. immediately. That way you can party with them. Yeah, uh, yeah, they got beer over here, okay, and the confetti and whatnot. I'm gonna be over here. This place looks fun. I don't want to talk to you right now. Yeah, you can bring your stuff over here. It's wireless. Let's go. <laughs> anyway, so Xfinity Series race was at Bristol. This one was also kind of interesting in spots. Josh Berry, Ty Gibbs led the field to green with early drama for A.J. Allmendinger, who thought he heard the motor, or engine, sorry, over-revving it. He was pretty hard on himself about that. Uh, Less than 50 laps in, Sheldon Creed chopped Riley Herbst and sent him spinning. I don't think Herbst was very uh, happy about that one. Uh, Let's see. Ty Gibbs would, let's see, win stage one under heavy pressure from Justin Allgaier. Brandon Jones had an issue with his window net coming down earlier, and he pit during a caution, which fell at the right time for him, to fix it. And Sheldon Creed pit for strategy with him to try to make the end of the second stage on fuel, I think. I think they were playing some games. Now, what, uh, now are you at the, what part of the race are you at? First and second stage, basically. It was like the transitional phase from 95, first to 100? I don't know. Let yeah. me know when you get to around 95, lap 95. I have something to say. Is it the one where Ty Gibbs gets crashed into Creed? No. Okay. Well, I'm moving on to that. Okay, because because in lap 95 or 300, Jeffrey Earnhardt started up near the front. 
Okay. And he and he had and he didn't uh, pit or anything. Hmm. And kind of like Rick Ware at Michigan, their t- their car at Michigan, that car never left. It was it's still staying there. Okay. <laughs> it's still there. It's still there. I mean, and I don't know how everyone didn't just wreck the dog food out of them. <laughs> okay. I don't know how everyone didn't wreck them, but you know, since he's uh, not a wear car and he's mm. an Earnhardt, I wonder if uh, Door Bumper Clear ain't saying shit on him. I, I wonder if they're going to say anything about him, or probably not because nah, probably he's. Uh, you don't want to piss the boss off at Dirty Mo Media. I'm sure. But they it was will. kind of a dumb move to stay. It would be that far off the pace and be junk, and then you know not pit for tires, and then going up and just stepping on all over everyone. Mm. You know? So let's see, those two, Sheldon Creed and uh, Brandon Jones, who pit when everybody else didn't, they would start up front. Uh, Let's see here. I'm sorry, they would make the end of the next stage, start up front for the next stage. Second groove started to run in during this race, and Creed's strategy helped him stay up front for a while while the faster car started catching up. Uh, But it didn't last long as Noah Gregson bumped Ty Gibbs into Creed in turn, I think it was two, and they both went into the wall pretty heavily. Jeff Burton goes, that started from behind Gibbs. <laughs> Said what? That started from behind Gibbs. That Brett- started from behind Gibbs. Yeah, that started in Gibbs' behind, Jeff. That's what he said. You know? Started from behind Gibbs. Yeah. That uh, started from behind Gibbs. You want to try that in English next time, sir? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, yes. Well... The 54 and the 9, they've had their history, you know, and that's probably payback from Portland. Yeah. Because, yeah, 54 ran all over the, the 9 there and spun him out. Yep. And the 9 probably didn't forget. So he's like, hey, I think I'll just go in. Although, Noah did introduce Ty Gibbs to the wall first, I think, at Dover in his rookie year at Xfinity. So Whoopsie. there is that. So I think it's just a continuation, and I don't think it's going to end anytime soon. Yeah, I don't think so. No. And we'll see how it plays out for the rest of the year. No, but All right, so... Too bad for Sheldon Creed, though. With five to go in the second stage, you talking about this, Just Sam Mayer got impatient with two lapped cars and sent them three wide until contact was made, and it basically ruined his run, even though he didn't hit anything else. Because, uh, yeah, Sammy Mayer basically spun out with two lapped cars being impatient. Yeah, that was... Yeah, I, I did see that, too. That was uh, different. Yeah, that was dumb. That was kind of... Uh, Ridiculous. I mean, the racecraft and whatnot, uh, Sam Mayer mm-hmm. didn't have to do that. Um, one forces it under the uh, 66 and the 38. I, I, I've, I, I have no idea. Yep. No idea. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm and, like, and, what are you, you doing? You, 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 I don't know. You, ruined, you, you made your own mistake. Yeah. You made, you, and you can't blame anybody else. It's, that's called racecraft, and he just doesn't have it in him right now even though he's young i mean everyone wants the young race car driver well the young race car driver yeah it can be fast but they don't have racecraft yep racecraft is carving away through the front and staying there yeah i just can't it's especially with a lap it's a skill it was before halfway it was uh two lapped cars it was five laps till the end of the stage you could have at least taken your time but nope he ended up ruining his run because he was actually pretty quick Let's see here. Uh, Bailey Curry and Joe Graff Jr. were on the front row for the next restart. Now, what an utter shit show. At that point, I believe A.J. Allmendinger uh, secured his way to the next round. 
Graf, the regular season champion. <laughs> Graf never even went, and uh, Curry was fast enough to be in the way. Uh, Noah Gregson was on older tires, and he managed to hold off the entire field. And as they announced that uh, Brandon Jones was going to be in that nine car at the uh, JR Junior Motorsports next year, he was also in second. And he won at Bristol. Uh, Gregson did. He led the field in wins. Did you find it kind of interesting that Jones didn't really put the bumper to him or pressure him or anything since his announcement that he was going from Gibbs to Junior Motorsports? No, I, I really don't think so because... Or do you think he's just like, no, I don't need this BS right now? I mean, both of them are going to be in the playoffs, and it's just going to be one of those things where it's just going to get... I don't know who needs to make another enemy right now. I mean, Noah Gregson and Ty Gibbs are already enemies, you know, so... Right, so, so that's, I mean... That's whatever, you know. Um, it was... Uh, Okay, so you talk about the end of the race. Yeah, did you see uh, the seven car pit for pit for tires? And it's, I thought it was cool that the, to see strategy try to come back into it because he wanted to pit for tires. No one to stay out. Yeah, I think I remember that because he. I don't think people were pitting for tires, but tires I think mattered a little bit, or they thought that it mattered, and he went for it. So next car behind the seven was forty lengths behind him, mm. and the seven still sped on pit road. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Bro, what are you doing? Oh, also, uh, the most unfortunate name. Uh, the, and then the most unfortunate name. Oh, boy, who is that? That was uh, Yale made contact with then-leader uh, Justin Allgaier. Mm. And Crash Claims R.US. Gets lots oh, of TV time. Oh, that's right. What was that, Yaley or somebody got Yeah, that was Yaley. The Crash Claims R Us car crashed? Yeah, yeah. Seven went in the middle, three wide, and... Room just kind of ran out, I guess. You know, mm. it really wasn't Yaley's fault. Maybe more of the seventh's fault. Yeah, but with the irony, spotlight goes to him. <laughs> I would say so. Yeah, I want to. I want to. JJ Yaley diecast of that with the front end all stoved in. <laughs> Crash claims are us, and it's stoved up. Yep, to the firewall. It's a collector's item. So Noah Gregson <laughs> led the field and wins. And uh, comes into the Xfinity playoffs with great momentum, and I think he's first in points as well. Um, six wins. So, six yeah, wins. six wins on the year. He's got uh, a bunch of points on people, I guess. Yeah, this was a cutoff for them or whatever. Did you also no, watch him wasn't. Uh, stand up out of the roof hatch yeah. and puke all down himself under his helmet? Oh, I missed it. I was looking for him to puke, He too. had his helmet on, and as he popped out, just bleh, out the bottom. I'm like, ugh. Gross. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. So took his helmet funny, off. Dude. He took his helmet off. And <laughs> you could see, like, you know, the, the spit. That's string. why he didn't want to take the helmet off. I'm like, dude, you better take your helmet off. You're going to get hot and you're going to throw up. No, because then he's going to stick it. his face through his sick. Yeah. When he puts the top or the, the helmet up over his head where the face shield Yeah, is. he needed to, like, dress. Uh, he needed to uh, wash the helmet off when it's still on him. He had the. You, go watch this Victory Lane celebration. He got big stains on him because he just let loose all over himself. I want to watch that again. I'm going to do that <laughs> while we're talking. Yeah. Oh, um, uh, it was so gross. Like, just stands up. You know how you when you puke, you get the weird spit string that kind of, like, stays on you? It's like, oh, God. So, yeah, he did that. And uh, that was gross. I'm waiting for Jesse to uh, <laughs> find it. But now it, you Google him throwing up, and it's just there's oh there's this one. Oh wait, there's the roof hatch. There you go. Post race interview. Yeah. So <laughs> why don't we uh, fast forward to when he pops out of the roof hatch there? 
Let me see. Yeah, right there. Oh, a little further back. There you go. All right, let's see him get out, and let's see if we can see it. <laughs> Look at the slime. Yeah, the slime is dripping down him. Look at the stain on his lap. Yeah, he threw up. I missed that part. Must have been taking a leak or something. It's all right out in front of him. The white fire suit's a bad idea, bro. He's so disgusting. And he just plays it off. He's like, whatever. I do this all the time. Just uh, I'm gonna fall down. Oh, that, that <laughs> Don't breathe it in. Oh, it's down the front. Yeah, look. Don't touch him. Good grief. Oh, he got out of the car. Okay, gross. There you go, pukey. So nasty. Maybe you shouldn't shotgun a beer after the race either. Uh, get, a, get that kid a Pedialyte, for God's sake. I, <laughs> give him some Give him some Pepto-Bismol. Give him a water or something. Jesus. God, it's so gross. I don't think I've ever been that sick any time I've ever raced that I felt like I needed to puke. Or even had the need to puke in a race car. I've been hung over on two hours of sleep trying to, or one or two hours of sleep trying to race, and that was really awful, but I wasn't like that. No, I puke before the race. I want to puke before the race. Yeah, get it out. Yeah, you know, Bob Potter would puke before the race. Well, yeah, you know? a lot of guys <laughs> would do that before, just yeah. out of nerves. He or ran thousands or... of races, and and just you know the butterflies come up, and it's time to go. You know, <laughs> it's time to let loose a little yeah, bit. Yeah, just get it out, and you'll yeah. be fine. Drink a drink of water or whatever, you'll be good. All right, we can move on to the cup race. Well, there, this was, this was weird. <laughs> okay. All right, so it was the first time they had the new car on the uh, not-dirt Bristol, which is, you know, the actual Bristol. Concrete. Yeah. yeah. First time on concrete. First time car. on actual Bristol. Would you, do you think there'll be teething problems going on with this car? Uh, of course there would, because I know that they have not done this type of lateral loading in these cars yet, and it proved to be flawed. Yeah. All right, Eric Almarola led from the pole. Ryan Blaney would take the lead until lap 42 when J.J. Yaley, uh, again, he had a rough weekend. Mm -hmm. And Harrison Burton lost right front tires at the same time. Lap 84. Remember, this is a 500-lap race. Lap 84, Austin Cindric lost a right front tire as well. Lap 92, Ryan Blaney lost a right front, and Eric Almarola went around behind him. Blaney then lost the left rear wheel or something coming. <laughs> I think it was the whole wheel coming out of his pit. He had to, like, drive back up pit road with one wheel, and that didn't end well for him. Oh, God. Uh, uh, yeah, let's uh, see here. Yeah, the Corey LaJoyce co-host there on Stack of Pennies is uh, Ryan uh, Flores. Yeah, doesn't he work on the two car? He's the he's works on the twelve car. Oh, so I thought he, he was on the two car. I thought he worked. No, he's on the twelve car. Oh, okay, so he has some explaining to do. <laughs> was he the rear tire changer? Don't know. I don't know either. He's one of the tire changers. Oh boy! All right, so. Uh, Seven to go in stage one. Blaney lost his uh, right rear tire and some suspension parts broke or something happened there. It uh, didn't end well for him. But Brad Keselowski would win the first stage. Brad was running. He was fast. This is one of his places. Uh, lap 139, Harrison Burton spun and brought out a yellow. He continued. Uh, halfway through stage two, both of the 2311 cars retired from the event with power steering system failures pretty much at the same time. Which is strange. You know what's funny? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. If, I know I know you're going through the rundown, which... Well, I mean, I guess all the haters who said he wouldn't finish on the lead lap the next race were right, even though it was a 
mechanical failure. Not many Toyotas dead. Yeah. Uh, we'll see in a minute what happened to the rest of the Toyotas. Uh, lap 196, Harrison Burton again had another tire go down, and Eric Jones spun and kept going with the caution flu. Another Toyota. Lap 203, Farton Truex dropped out. I was waiting for Jesse to laugh. <laughs> Farton Truex. I can't not say Farton Truex. I'm sorry. But he dropped out with it's more. every time. <laughs> with more Toyota power steering issues. Lap 235, another Toyota. Denny Hamlin lost a right front tire, barely got into the wall. I think a caution flew. Lap 270, another Toyota. Kyle Busch lost an engine for the second race in a row. Fire out both pipes. All done. Yep, and his playoff ropes went up in smoke like Cheech and Chong. And... Yep. <laughs> okay. His playoff hopes go to the White Castle as Harold and Kumar. Where fans, Phil is. Yeah, where Phil is. <laughs> Goddamn pothead. Piece of shit. <laughs> fans went bullshit, too. Oh, yeah, they did. But, you know, you come to expect it with Kyle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Lap 278. Daniel Suarez gets loose. Hits Ricky Stenhouse, Todd Gillen, Tyler Reddick, and a few others. Wrecked to varying degrees. So I think Stenhouse got wrecked completely out because I think he got hooked into the wall. Uh, let's see here. Lap 352, Eric Jones again loses a tire. I think it was the right rear for another caution. Lap 398, Joey Logano lost a right front tire. No caution. With 87 laps to go, leader Brad Keselowski lost a right front tire and the lead. Now, did, did they throw the yellow for that? I don't remember. No. I don't think so. The answer was no. no. More on that later. Uh, let's see. Christopher Bell would lose a right rear while leading. Instant yellow. With 64 to go. Instant yellow. I did see that, actually. Yeah. Now, what the hell is up with that? I mean, Harvick burns his car to the ground and is cooking hot dogs on the trunk lid of his burning records before they throw the yellow at Kansas. Mm-hmm. No yellow. You know? Yeah, and until he's already out of the car. You know, that's what I'm saying. He had time to roast marshmallows. Lots dude. of time. Okay. And this time, you know, Christopher Bell, he blows a right rear tire. Maybe he grazed the wall a little tiny bit. Instant yellow. I don't know what is up with the NASCAR caution committee, but they're just doing a horrible job on consistency. Yeah. How about I don't if you guys try to keep on? If they kept it honest, it'd be a lot more consistent. But it just smells dishonest to me. It just does when it's that can when it's that inconsistent. It's really hard to believe no. the motives behind what's going on. Um, I think the reason why that they had the weight <clears throat> on Brad is because of pit cycles. Yeah, once again, it all boils down to pit cycles. I don't it's know like, why they can't just throw the goddamn yellow and let the thing play out the way it's it like plays they have out. a chart. If it's this, this time of the race, you can throw the yellow. If not, you got to wait. Wait until it's until you, you gotta make triple sure. Yeah, or you know you can just throw the yellow. Yeah, when people need it. Uh, so let's see here. Hand, that handed the lead after Bell lost a right rear to Kyle Larson, I believe. Kevin Harvick lost the left front tire, and Denny Hamlin had to back up to fix one on pit road. Uh, I think Kevin Harvick lost the left front wheel, not the tire. But I heard that. They went through and reviewed all the footage, and the locking detent 
that's in the hub that holds the nut on when you put the gun on. Because just like these power steering failures, they're all going to go through these things post-mortem and mm-hmm. do a bunch of autopsies on these failed parts. Right. Just like every other team, and they're going to figure out what the hell happened. Yeah. So what they, they find? Did. They said that the detent would not allow the gun to engage the nut while tightening it or something like that. Or the detent stayed down and the nut came off. I think it was the fact that it couldn't actually engage the nut to put it on properly. I think that the detent hung, so it wouldn't allow it to hit, which is strange. I wonder when my t-shirt comes in. <laughs> Kevin Harvick is selling a t-shirt online. I think it's at uh, Happy's, Happy's eShop.com. Yeah. I think that's called. it's called. Let me, let me look it up here. Oh, boy, this is... Oh, who the hell is texting me? Anyway, yeah, I don't buy I don't buy NASCAR meme shirts often, but this one I'm going to <laughs> I I did buy this one. I can't wait to it comes into the mail. I definitely pre-ordered it. Let me see if I got it here. Size 3X. No, that's my Rock Auto order. That ain't it. No, it's Happy's it's Happy's Happy's eShop.com something like that. Yeah. I'm going to actually look that up. Happy's e I can't spell eShop.com. It is. Hey, look at that. Yeah, they got that t-shirt on Happy's eShop for pre-order. I got it right here. Happy's crappy ass parts for less. <laughs> Twenty. It says Bakersfield, California. And it's got the number four on it. I find that funny. Yep. Uh, it is up for pre-order right now for 20 bucks. Yep, and I bought mine. How much was shipping? Come up with three X, uh, seven ninety five. That ain't bad. That's a flat rate. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that's fine. So get your T shirts for Happy's crappy ass parts. <laughs> Gross. All right, where am I? Where's my notes? Jesus Christ, what's happening? Oh, all right. So we're up. To, uh, we're up to the friggin' uh, uh, Chris, bell. Yeah, Chris Busher reassumed control with fifty seven left in the race. He'd led a few laps before that, or a bunch of laps before that, I should say. Uh, Busher would lead a you, whole ton of you, laps in this race. I think I missed funny? the Christopher Bell thing. I don't remember or not because I think I skipped that part. We did say that you know he went yellow. Oh, okay. but you know what's funny is that the twelve of the top sixteen drivers of that race had uh, issues during the race. Twelve of the, of the sixteen playoff drivers had problems. Yeah, twelve of them. The only people that didn't were were uh, were uh, Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott. William Byron, all all Penske, I mean all Hendrick cars, excuse me, and uh, the fourteen of Briscoe, he didn't have a problem. Yeah, which is kind of telling. I mean, is it is it them? Is it kind of the phase? Is it what the what the hell is going on with all these playoff drivers having problems? We're two races into the playoffs. We've got two guys outside the playoffs winning, and all the guys in the playoffs having issues so it's like well as far as the tires you know with the parts are concerned it's crappy ass parts yes with the tires everybody runs the same tires yes okay so not everybody had power steering issues only toyota's did so that's probably and engine issues and engine issues so it's a probably a toyota thing whatever they're doing is not good with the penske cars blowing tires everyone else had the same tires yeah they were probably playing with camber and Playing with camber and air pressure, it's probably what was what was the issue is is on a team side with that. Yep. So that's uh, their problem. The tire had no fall off on it. I guess the racing wasn't very good because they couldn't really pass very easily. 
Yeah, there's no tire fall off. There's no pit strategy. They're going too fast in the corners. Yeah. There's a lot of teething problems and things with the car, with the new car. So when you have those kind of issues, I mean, and, and on Goodyear's defense, they want to make a tire last as for as long as it can. That's what they're in the business for. They want to make a tire last as long as it can and be the best tire available. Mm-hmm. So I don't blame them for making a tire that doesn't fall off worth a darn. If it's up to if it's up to the competition side of it, you know you have to regulate it some some other way, other than tires. Yeah, Denny Hamlin actually tweeted after this Suspension race or aerodynamics or whatever. Denny Hamlin tweeted after this race. He said, "We need next gen 2.0. Just got to figure out who's going to pay for it." And I'm thinking, you know what? Yeah, you kind of do at this point. The car is too sucked down to the ground. It's too. It's got too much corner speed, and when you crash it, it hurts like hell. So there's got to be some serious redesigns, and you got to listen to the drivers, not just engineers, because they built a brick. And it's hey, Brent, uh, remember when I said that? Hey, at the Coliseum, hey, these things look like they hit awful hard, and there's not a lot of crumple zones. I thought that too. You know, and you guys like, ah, oh, it's it maybe bend a different way or something. Like, man, it don't look good. Well, it was the Coliseum. I didn't yeah. know if it was a body thing or if they just weren't going fast. Pepperidge Farm remembers. Oh, yeah. Hey, Brent, remember when Pepperidge Farm jokes were, were fresh and funny? Pepperidge Farm remembers. Mm. What was that, like 20 years ago when Family Guy was funny? Yeah. That'll trigger a lot of people. Yeah, probably Pepperidge Farm remembers <laughs> that too. Uh, so Chris Busher would lead a bunch in this thing and put together a complete race. He won the Bristol Night Race. Yes, Chris Busher won the Bristol Bristol Night Race, uh, the first win in f- I think five seasons for RFK, and I think his first win in the series in like over two hundred well, races. Yeah, well, that was the first thing that uh, it's his second win, but it's his first in over two hundred races. Brad Keselowski thinks highly of him, really big. You know, the the seventeen car has been kicking the six cars' ass every single week. He's had he's been a he's lot like he's been a lot like Bubba Wallace. And Eric Jones. And Eric Jones. and uh, Michael McDowell for that fact. Michael too. McDowell, yeah. He's fast. I agree. They have speed, but a lot of them just can't put the whole race together. Yeah. Bubba Wallace put their whole race together last week. Chris Busher put the whole race together this week. So they're Eric showing. Eric Jones at Darlington. And Eric Jones did it at Darlington. Yeah, you're yep. right. Just like three in a row have shown speed and finally put it all together. So they're actually doing well. And they're finally finishing out races. He also became. The 19th different winner in the Cup Series this year. I think that tied a record. 2001. 2001 or 11, I can't remember. One. I'll just go with what you said. Yeah, 2001. (laughs) No idea. Yeah, definitely. 2001 NASCAR. All right. I also uh, am looking for any closing thoughts. Did you see the race of White Mountain? Oh pass yeah, race. we got to talk about the pass race, and we got to talk about that ACT finish at White. They were both at White Mountain, weren't they? Both those finishes were dynamite, dude. Unbelievable finishes. What was it uh, in the ACT race? It was uh, Patrick Laperle, DJ Shaw. Yeah, again, this was a Racing America uh, broadcast. Broadcast, yeah, with one camera and no uh, no order rundown. And but like I, like I said, uh, Thompson was. <laughs> Thompson was the best broadcast because they actually had a rundown. Which was nice. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. I know BFP had it. I'm just trying to find their uh, actual Twitter. What are they called again? Black, <laughs> Black, Black flag. flag. 
Oops, I wrote black as B-L-A-C. I can't spell. Oh, no. What do I do? There we go. They showed a video of it. They sh- they shared it. Said wild ACT race. But you saw, Le- uh, is it Le Pearl or Le Perle? Because he's, you know, Canadian. We need <laughs> we need somebody to give me the pronunciation. <laughs> yeah. I've always heard it as Patrick Le Perle. So I'm just going to go with that. But We need Tyler back. <laughs> <laughs> you mean Sean? Sean Tyler? Yeah, we need. Yeah, <laughs> both of them. I know his name. Both of them. One of them. Well, we got Tyler and we got Sean. We got two different guys, but we're just gonna call them both Tyler because that's just how it works here. Tyler, I miss Tyler Jakes. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> or Jacques. Jacques. We'll just call him that. Laperle had the lead on the last lap, and they were encountering lap traffic, and he got held up by somebody. Shaw made a move to the bottom into three. He was there. You know, Shaw was there. Like, he eventually got up to LaPerle's door, but Patrick just turns him down to hold him there. And they start wrecking, basically, coming off of four. LaPerle's completely sideways with the uh, 04 of Shaw just pushing him in the door to straighten him back out. Tommy Carey, the third, made a desperate move to the bottom to try to get around all of them to take the win. Last freaking second, he gets clipped in the right rear and sent head on into the wall just before the start finish line. Like, he could taste victory, and I think he finished, like, eighth. Maybe he didn't even finish. He didn't even, I don't even know if he made it to the line, but he got the raw end of that deal. Almost snatched victory from the jaws of defeat, but defeat eventually beat him. LaPerle actually rebounded and won the race somehow, sideways, you know, upside down on fire, whatever the hell was going on, but sparks were flying. It was a ridiculous finish. Just utterly ridiculous. And then I didn't see the pass race. So I watched the pass race. That was a good race too. There, it was dynamite, especially like five to go. Was it a free one? Yeah, it was. It was uh, the same. It was, it was at White Mountain. Yeah, it was on. It was, was it a free broadcast for yeah, subscribers? It was, a, it was a free broadcast for subscribers. Damn it, I missed it. Well, I was probably at the Speed Bowl filming. So yeah, you were working, but yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, five to go. Giant uh, Clark was out front and doing all he could, dude. Yeah. And he was running. Away. He wasn't running away with it, but uh, DJ Shaw got underneath him, and they made a little contact, as you do, as one does at it's White Mountain. White Mountain. What do you want? And a pro stock, and made a little contact. Left for a tire, went down, and had a little suspension damage on a fifty-four. He was done. That sucks. He was dunsky. When did that came down? As soon as he pulled off the track, he knew he was done. Yep. So Shaw inherited the lead, but Gabe Brown actually like went what? by him on the outside. What's his name? Gabe Brown. Oh, Gabe. I thought you said something else. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> Gabe with an E, dude. G-A-B-E Brown. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. He started outside uh, of uh, of Shaw. Outside. We usually And we always say, you know, don't take the top. Well, this time he took the top. <laughs> and, he got the, and he got the lead. And, uh, but, uh, but Shaw was starting to reel him back in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And got underneath him coming out of three and four. He had a horrible three and four. And he won by inches over Shaw. Apparently. But, but big butts. Apparently. And I, and I cannot lie regarding the finish. <laughs> Two manual scorers had the 60 ahead, but the electronic scoring had the 50 ahead, winning by three ten thousandths of a second. This is all according to the ProAllStarsSeries.com press release. Mm-hmm. So they had uh, Brown as the winner. Yeah, they had Gabe Brown as the winner. He thought he won Shaw. by inches. Yep. Even though the Emmanuel scores had Shaw winning. 
couldn't tell it. I couldn't even tell. I mean, the footage was good. Mm-hmm. It was locked right on there. Man. You know, and, and, and you can't tell. You mm-hmm. can't tell unless it's hyper stupid slow motion. We're talking about lots of frames per second. Yeah. Couldn't tell. I, you can't tell by a naked. I don't know. So apparently under post-race tech, the transponder on on Brown's car was positioned three and a half inches forward on the car from the regulated position. Whoops. It's not like he had the transponder in his pocket, but might as well have. Yeah, that could mean the difference. Three and a half inches, that's that's something that they actually will tech. So, if it's a close finish, they're going to be under your car with a measuring tape, making sure that your spo- uh, transponder is in the same spot as where your rear axle yeah, is, or three wherever ten they thousandths of an inch is three inches. Yeah, I would say so. So the fifty car was moved from second place, and will have other penalties. Didn't say what they were. It moved to second place, so yeah. he was not awarded the win. He was given second place for having the transponder wrong. You can see the. I don't know, dude. That looks Look like at that finish, man. From that angle, it looks like the fifty-one. It looks like the fifty-one from that angle. But if you move that camera, if you stand directly to the side of it, mm-hmm. and uh, that that start finish line is perpendicular, it, it could have been the sixty head. You can't. It tell, very dude. well could be. I don't know where that photographer is standing. Yeah, it's he's, tough to call. He's standing just forward of the start finish line. Oh, okay. So the, he the, could. The photo be is right him. underneath of the, the press release. Ah, okay. So it's tough to call. The The nose of the car might not be the right angle. It might have got stoved in a little during the race. Who knows? So, yeah, that's interesting. I haven't seen that in a long time or anybody. Like, no, that nose is clean. <laughs> protest a uh, transponder or have a transponder location be teched and have an issue with it. So that's interesting. I haven't heard that. You know, but, you know, I, I didn't hear of any, you know, you know, complaints or anything like that. I think he, you know, took it on the chin and. You know, well, well, well. What are you gonna do if you're if you're in the wrong? You're in the wrong. Again, take your lumps. Uh, I'm sure they won't fix. Or I'm sure they'll fix that for next time if they want to keep it in there. Anyway, so we're at the end of the show here. So, anything else? Any final thoughts? Anything else at all? I'm sorry, I'm out of it a little bit here. I wish Phil was here. No, you don't. I <laughs> no, you wish don't. he was. Here. Uh, we're not doing karaoke today. No. All right, so. Here used to be fun. It used to be fun. Then I got old. All right, so you can find this podcast on every major podcast platform. You can find it on Instagram at Making Laps Podcast, Facebook.com slash Making Laps Podcast. Uh, Making Laps Podcast. You can send us some feedback to makinglapspodcast at gmail.com. You can send us a voicemail. Feel free over at anchor.fm slash Making Laps Click the message or voicemail icon, and you can even do it from your phone. It's pretty easy. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at BrentGleason01. You can find me on YouTube at youtube.com slash BrentGleason. I just posted a couple videos up. I'm working on one currently right now. You can find Phil at, well, wherever the hell he is tonight. I don't know where he is. White Castle with Harold and whatever's fucking screw face is. Uh, you can find him at P Jake's Racing on all those social media platforms, and you can find Jesse here. That's about it. Delivering your car parts. Yeah, or delivering your car parts. That's enough, boy. All right, how do we end the show? Boy, that's your cue. Um. Keep the door set down. Stay on fence. Thank you for listening. Boopity boopity boop. Boopity boopity boop. Apparently, thank you all for listening. I appreciate it.
Where did everybody go? I gotta shut this thing off. <laughs> <laughs>